How will tonight's field handle the Bucks running backs? Can Sigmund Bloom win back-to-back league titles? Or will the night belong to the Joes, led by Zach Jaros, Shane Gray, and Jeff Howell? Follow along with the live draft board tonight and listen to our live analysis as we call the action live from the 2017 Pros versus Joes FFPC Los Poyos Hermanos Division Number 4 to see who will indeed win a 2018 FFPC main event team. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Thinking of a master plan. This ain't nothing but sweat inside my hands So I dig into my pocket all my money spent So I just deep up, still coming up for lint So I start my mission, leave my residence Thinking how could I get some dead presidents I need money, I used to be a stick-up kid So I think of all the devious things I did I used to roll up, this is a hole up, ain't nothing funny, stop smiling, you still don't nothing move but the money, but now I learned that. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. I don't like to dream about getting paid, so I dig into the books of the rhymes that I made. Soon as the test see if I got pulled. Thanks a lot, Rob. Greetings and salutations, all you Balkaholics and Gerzak and addicts. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I am your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is the patron saint of fantasy football, Dave the Dizzle Gerzak. Tonight we have the fourth of six special episodes for you in 2017. It's the Pros versus Joes Los Poyos Hermanos Division Number 4 draft tonight. We will be covering it for you for two full hours. Follow the live draft board at youtube.com slash highstakesfantasyfootball. Shout out to the chat room right now. Post the questions you have for tonight's drafters or for me or for Dave. You can connect with us on Twitter at HSFFR at Eric Balkman at David Gerzak. You can post on our Facebook page facebook.com slash HSFFR and if you want to give us a call tonight, please do so. 347-426-3682 That's 347-GAME-OVA Feel free to Drop your opinion in and uh, let us know how you think the pros and Joes are doing. If you have any questions for us, now is the time to send them, and we'll try to get to them throughout the draft tonight. I want to remind everybody, if you go to myffpc.com, you will be hit with a bevy of league choices, something there for you. The Football Guys Players Championship, the main event, best balls, draft experts, classics, 100% draft experts, double-ups, Dynasty leagues, startup forms, uh, kicking off this summer. More at myffpc.com. And if you have not booked your room yet for Planet Hollywood this September. I want to remind everybody that PH is welcoming the FFPC players with an exclusive reduced room rate. Uh, basically, without the group code on Tuesday through Thursday, you'll be paying $124, $190 a night. With that code, $79 a night. Friday through Saturday, you'll be paying up to $264 a night. Not with the discount code, $179 on Friday and Saturday night at Planet Hollywood. Greg Sidoris is the guy to talk to with that. You can contact him at 855-VIP-HOST or 216-299-5390. His email is lvch777 at aol.com. So definitely give that a look, especially if you're complaining and playing with us. Uh, It is a deal too good to pass up. Let's get into the the lineup here tonight. Excuse me, I don't know what it is, Dave. Maybe it's the the fourth straight pros versus Joes draft we're covering. It could be that. 
have a tickle in my throat. I apologize. You have allergies, Balky? Uh, you know, I might. According to one of my doctors, I do. I, How many doctors do you have? Well, I have one that's like been on, I think, sick leave for quite a while. So I've, I've, I've had a different family doctor. You'll see. <clears throat> don't you find it kind of... Yeah, I do. I don't want to get into it. Yes, sick. every joke has been said. I will tell you off Not the air. Not on the show, Balky. Yeah, well, I don't want to get into it on the show. No. So anyway, tonight's lineup, uh, the pros versus Joe's Los Poyos Hermanos draft tonight. Uh, kicking things off is Steve Lowinger and FFPC Joe. Jen Ryan from Football Diehards hitting second tonight. Jeff Howell is drafting out of the third spot. Of course, you heard him co-host this show a couple of weeks ago. Jeff Haberlech from Dynasty League Football batting cleanup tonight. Edgar Macias and FFPC Joe is drafting fifth. From FantasyPros.com, Mike Taglieri is uh, drafting sixth. Steve Hutcherson. Uh, is drafting out of seven, uh, the seven hole tonight. Alex Melio and Austin Lee teaming up for spot number eight. They, of course, of footballguys.com fame. Zach Jaros and Shane Gray will be drafting ninth and right after them. Uh, Matt Kelly from playerprofiler.com. You can check out all the playerprofiler.com information with uh, the FFPC leagues this year. Click on a player's name, you get all the player profiler stats. It's awesome. And uh, Matt will be using that to his advantage, drafting out of the 10 spot tonight. Larry Parks. He is drafting 11th in our final pro, a returning champ from last year's Pros vs. Joe's competition, guy who won his league last year. That's footballguys.com, Sigmund Bloom. So those are the guys. They're all off. Before we get into the first round analysis, it is a landmark show tonight, Dave, and I want to make a huge deal out of it. Really? Episode 300 for the High Stakes Fantasy Football nice. Hour tonight. That's 300 good. episodes. Yes. Spartans. And, and as I, yes. And as I joke, you've been present for almost 70 of them. That's so, good. Which is uh, awesome. So congratulations to you, my friend. Congratulations to Rob and Bryce. Congratulations to the show. And if you really like that, podcastawards.com. Nominate us there, and uh, it takes two minutes to do. We'd certainly appreciate it and, uh, and uh, maybe give you all the credit when we win. I'd love to do that. So nominate us at uh, podcastawards.com. Let's get into the first round here, ladies and gentlemen. No surprise from Steve Lowinger. He goes David Johnson. Bit of a surprise at two tonight as football diehards Jen Ryan does not take Elliott, does not take Bell. She takes Antonio Brown, the de facto number one wide receiver this year. Le'Veon Bell is third for Jeff Howell. Ezekiel Elliott goes to uh, Jeff Haverlack here fourth, and then we uh, get a couple of receivers back-to-back. Edgar Macias takes the Falcons' Julio Jones, and uh, Odell Beckham goes to Mike Taglier from fantasy fo- uh, excuse me, fantasyfootball.com. Fantasypros.com uh, t- is uh, Odell Beckham. Uh, at six. LaShawn McCoy goes uh, to Steve Hutcherson at seven. And then we have Mike Evans and A.J. Green going back to back. Evans to Alex Melio and Austin Lee. And then A.J. Green to Zach Jaros and Shane Gray. Matt Kelly from Player Profiler kicks off his draft with Melvin Gordon. And then Devontae Freeman, the penultimate pick of the first round to Larry Park, Sigmund Bloom. Uh, I'll, I'll talk about Sigmund Bloom's second pick here too, because I've been seeing this a lot in football guys drafts, Dave. Whoever has that 12 pick, Forcing the issue with tight ends right away, going with Gronk at the 112 and Kelsey at the 201. You, you've seen that. I've, this is probably the fourth or fifth time I've seen it in the last week. Well, I don't I, know what happened. I think it's really interesting. It's, it's the first time I've seen it because I don't see as many chances yeah. as you. That's pretty cool, actually. So a couple of things to talk about here. Uh, first, number one, let's talk about what Jen Ryan did at two. Now, this is not following. I mean, you know, ADP, whatever. This yes, is not she, following. She thinks of the mind of her own. Good okay, job. yes. So. Like all the, you know. it, it seems weird to, to, to not see Le'Veon Bell's name there. But when you think about it, why wouldn't you choose the guy who's been the number one receiver in fantasy football for like the last four years to get him and a- anchor your team rather than a guy who has ended uh, his season the last three years with a knee injury and a guy who might start this season with a suspension? It makes a lot of sense when you think about it. 
Well, I think, you know, the reason people take Le'Veon Bell earlier is because there's so few elite running backs, and there's a massive drop-off at running back. Even after the top, I don't even know, what, three, four, five, and it's just the, the ceiling, the, the, the floor drops out, the ceiling is high for Le'Veon Bell. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I like Antonio Brown, but I, I'd probably still get Bell there. Yeah, I would probably take Bell there, but I'm certainly not going to fault anybody who takes Antonio Brown. It makes a lot of sense uh, there. Let's, so let's talk about this Gronk-Kelsey uh, uh, start. Well, first of all, what happened in the last you, – I mean, you, you have your pulse on the uh, NFL. What happened with, with Travis Kelsey? What happened what, – what was published in the industry that is seeing so many – not – I mean, pros and Joes. I mean, Joes in the Football Guys Players Championship and the other, um, you know, satellites we're offering at myffpc.com. What's with so many of them going tight end, tight end uh, at the end of round one? I can't see you doing something like this, but it certainly is becoming popular over the last week. Yeah, it's probably not something I would do. Not that I, I don't mind it, actually. It's, um, it's, it's just it's not the way I would ever really draft. I would probably vary my approach more. It is interesting, though. I don't know. I mean, I, I like Ron quite a bit this year. I don't mind Kelsey. I, I, think, I do think Kelsey's probably being drafted a little bit higher than I would probably take him. I like, I like Kelsey, but I just don't like him. He's not... He hasn't produced the, the huge, massive point totals that Gronk does when he's, uh, when he's on his, in his prime and he's healthy. Shane Hallam is in the uh, YouTube uh, uh, chat right now. Of course, you can check out Shane Hallam's draft live tomorrow night on Pros vs. Joe's 5. He says he did take uh, Gronk in round one of the Pros vs. Joe's last year, and it burned him. So it doesn't always work out. We'll have to see what happens with Sigmund Bloom this year. When you are drafting, Dave, at the end of the first round and you decide, you know what, I'm taking a running back. Okay, I've made up my mind. Now, the top two that are available, Melvin Gordon and Devontae Freeman. Which one do you like better? Which one are you probably taking there if you're faced with that decision in round one? I'm probably taking Freeman. Uh, I, I, I never really liked Freeman when he, when he was younger, but he's just, he keeps on producing. He's such a great PPR back. And uh, they want to sign him to a long-term deal. And whether they get the deal done or not get it done, it just shows the commitment that they have to Freeman as a player. Uh, Gordon, I just, I, again, I, I, we've talked about it a little bit before. I just, I'm don't necessarily know that there's enough. I don't know that I've seen enough that I really consider him an elite back. I, I don't think he's quite that great. Just looking at the uh, uh, chat room from the, uh, the actual draft tonight, and Sigmund Bloom said he was hoping that Gronk and Kelsey would both be there. And that's, that's what he was – obviously it was his plan because, you know, it's, it ended up that way. But uh, he, let, he wanted Gronk and Kelsey there. So uh, Michael Thomas is the second pick of the second round going to Larry Parks. T.Y. Hilton is Matt Kelly's second-round pick, followed by Jordy Nelson to Jarrows and Shane Gray. Uh, Nelson uh, is uh, coupled with A.J. Green, so they are the first team to go receiver-receiver to start their draft. DeMarco Murray going to Alex Melio and Austin Lee, followed by Jay Ajayi. And by the way, you're not on board with Jay Ajayi. Great article on rotoviz.com this past week from uh, Clutch at Clutch Fantasy, Jake Rickroad, who you can watch draft tomorrow night as well in pros as Joe's. Made a great case for why Jay Ajayi should not only be a second-round pick, should be a first-round pick. Oh, good. I'll have to read that one, Yes, actually. it is a good one. Todd Gurley right after that. Jordan Howard to Edgar Macias. So he goes Julio Jones, Jordan Howard to start off his draft. Uh, Amari Cooper goes to Jeff Haverlack. So Jeff Haverlack. Now, Dynasty guys are very smart. Jeff Haverlack's from DynastyFootball.com. Yep. They're very intelligent. They can switch gears when it's redraft and when it's Dynasty. But just pointing out, Jeff Haverlack took Ezekiel Elliott, mm-hmm. uh, one of the top running backs in the NFL, who's in his second year, and Amari Cooper, 
who is in, I believe, his third year in the NFL, still super young. What do you want to do? Take Frank Gore in fifth in the first two rounds, Bucky? This is a little bit of, you're getting a little early here. Maybe you go to like round six, seven, eight, and you talk about it. He could, he taking could, rookies and stuff. Could have taken Des Bryant or Greg Olson, who also went in the second round, went with the youth. <laughs> So we'll pay attention. I always like when we get these guys you know, like Dynasty League Football and, and Dynasty Football Factory and, and Dynasty Trade Calculator. Whenever. I like seeing, you know, when they pick up. Because those guys got to know when to draft veterans in Dynasty, too. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a skill that's, that, yeah, um, that you, not, that you, you need to. You can't just know the young fellas. No, nope, you got to know the old geezers as well. <laughs> Leonard Fournette right after Amari Cooper. Leonard Fournette to Jeff Howell. Jeff Howell starts off with Bell and Fournette. Jen Ryan follows up her Antonio Brown pick with uh, Des Bryant in the second round. So maybe it was a zero RB strategy. Stay tuned and find out what happens in the third round here. And Greg Olson, the final pick to Steve Lowinger, FFPC Joe, here in round two. So that is it for the first two rounds. Uh, I would say there's a pretty good balance between running backs and receivers so far. I wouldn't say any positions dominating. Obviously, we have no quarterbacks off the board. We do have three tight ends off the board in Gronk, Kelsey, and Olsen. Now, Dave, here's the interesting thing. If you look at this, it, it, maybe it's a little bit too early to see who's forcing the issue with tight ends, but you see it both at, at, on the end. It's weird, it's weird to see them on the end. Right, and, and it's difficult to try to get those people in the middle to make, you know, to, to make them feel forced to draft a certain position or whatever. And again, I, I know I'm speaking a little bit early on this, but you look at those uh, uh, players on the ends, taking those tight ends. I don't necessarily know if it's going to have much of an impact on the middle parts of the round. We'll have to, you know, see what happens going forward. Yeah. For me, one of the, the, the problems as a player is if I'm, if I picks two through 11 is if I pass on a tight end, let's say I've picked three here, like the three Oh three and I pass on a tight end. All of a sudden, there could be a massive run that comes comes through, and I just completely miss it because of the, the fact they were already on the end. I, I know that all these other guys still need tight ends. So you, if you don't take one, you could totally miss a run. And on the same token, if you do reach and take one early, then there could be like 15 picks where no one takes one at all. It's it's pretty tough actually to draft yeah. this way now. Yeah, it, it definitely is. And um, let's get into the uh, to the third round as we already have a a couple of picks off the board. Demarius Thomas, uh, who I was. Um, you know, we've talked about how much we love DT on this show. I, was, I had a conversation with a pretty successful high-stakes player today, and he was talking about how uh, he really likes Demarius Thomas this year uh, as well. Now, in that conversation, I brought up so, how, how much I like DT, so I don't know if he was just, like, saying, oh, yeah, 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 Bulky. Uh, it's, uh, I, li- I like him, too, you know, just to be nice. Trying to get you off the phone, humoring you. Yeah, maybe that's what it could have been. Um, but anyway, I like Demarius Thomas. I think that's a great pick for Steve Lowinger there at the uh, 301. Doug Baldwin, the third straight receiver drafted by Jen Ryan, who, by the way, on Twitter is at FFDegenerate uh, at, uh, from Football Diehards. Doug Baldwin is her choice at the 302. And we have Brandon Cooks off the board uh, to Jeff Howell at the 303. Cooks, the new Patriot, and the first receiver drafted by Jeff Howell here. Jeff Haverlack, kind of bucking the trends, throwing my uh, my conspiracy theory out the window by taking Lamar Miller. Your buddy. He's not Your a boy. Is he is he a young guy or is he a, an old geezer, Lamar Miller? I think you know, in running back terms, he's, he's kind of like he's, a middle age. He's no, I think he's closer to geezer, right? I think he's like 26, 25. Oh, okay. 26. I thought he was older than that. But I, I don't really know. I'm just, you know, BS involved. So let me just take a look. <laughs> okay. Do you take a look? So he's the number two running back uh, drafted by Jeff Haverlech. Is, 26. Uh, 26 years old. When's his birthday? April 25th. So he's already turned 26. Just turned, just turned 26. <laughs> okay. So I guess he's a fairly young guy yet. So my conspiracy theory still holds water with Jeff Haverlech going with the all <laughs> youth team as a dynasty young. guy. 
So, uh, and that's my story. I'm sticking to it. When, I think you're when, that point. You don't draft a whole lot of draft experts. I don't think you draft – well, no, you draft one FFPC draft experts league, the, the Taylor Young Memorial, Taylor Young, okay, yeah. which is free. All proceeds go to charity. It's not free, but yes. I'll, well, I mean, you, you, I you don't get money. paid out is right. what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, so in that format that, that you've done the past few years, have you found yourself going with running backs early and trying to get, like, locked down with a, a couple of solid guys right away? Or are you loading up with receivers? I know you're probably not loading up with tight ends. Or are you loading up with receivers early? I know for you, you you're kind of a best player available type guy. Uh, but how has your team construction uh, gone when you've done this format the last few years within the first few rounds? You know, to be honest with you, I don't really remember any of my other teams as far as what my construction looks like. But I've, actually, I can pull up the team I'm drafting right now because we're in the middle of the draft. Ooh, and, uh, secrets from the dizzle. It's no secret. Dizzle. Secrets. Whatever. Well, I, I mean, I have the eight picks. Oh, is this a slow draft? I didn't even realize that. Yeah, it's a slow draft. Okay. So I had the eight pick. I took Shady McCoy. I took Gronk in the second. Todd Gurley in the third. Tyreek Hill in the fourth. Tyler Eifert in the fifth. Spawn Diggs in the sixth. Bill Alpala in the seventh. Brandon Marshall in the eighth. And just uh, took Big Ben and Tyrod Taylor. And okay. That's right. We're in the tenth round. A lot of guys that first names is starting with T on your team. I guess so. so I mean, Sam I, Hightower. Yeah, I feel, I feel right about this team. I mean, I, I feel like I got all right value with Tyler Eifert. It's got... Three running backs, it's got three receivers, two tight ends, and two quarterbacks after 10 rounds. So I feel like in a draft experts format, it's, it's okay. Uh, I wish my receivers were a little bit better, but, I mean, that's what happens when you take Gronk in the second. So. Uh, Steve Lohinger, who took Greg Olson in the, uh, at the 212 tonight, got, got some praise in the, in the draft room from uh, Sigmund Bloom. Thought that was a great pick. And just to remind I'm sure, you, I'm sure just, Sigmund Bloom just, was just to remind you, just to remind you that Sigmund Bloom took Gronk and Kelsey to start things off. Yeah, exactly. Every so time there you that go. tight end goes, like Bloom's, you know, cashing it. All right. Yeah. Well, I we're saying this a little tongue in cheek, but that is uh, semi hilarious. So Keenan Allen is the next pick here off the board at the 305 to Edgar Macias, Jordan Reed, the fourth tight end to Mike Taglier from FantasyPros.com, Sammy Watkins off the board right after that to Steve Hutcherson, and then. DeAndre Hopkins to Alex Melio, Austin Lee from footballguys.com. Let's talk about Jordan Reed, Dave, because he was uh, placed on the preseason pup. Rumors uh, out there um, that he might have turf toe and, and not just like an ankle sprain or a simple toe injury. This could be lingering. This could be something that lasts uh, deep into the season. We don't know, but obviously Mike Taglier was not, uh, he's convinced that it was kind of a minor precautionary thing as he goes with Reed in the third round. Not a price I'm willing to pay right now, but definitely if this is a precautionary thing for Reed, this could pay off huge. Uh, sure. I mean, it's, it's possible it pays off huge. I don't, I don't like the, I don't like Reed. I don't like Reed. You know this. And I, especially now, I mean, I, I guess at the three Oh, at the three Oh six, it's like you're paying effectively the same price for him, maybe like two picks later than you were before the news came out. And that news is that it's pretty significant actually, in my opinion. Yeah, it is kind of pretty significant. And you know what, what he's capable of when he, is, when he is healthy, but there is a big risk. Now, again, I think if we talked to Mike Taglier, he would say, look, guys, the only, there's only one team in this league that gets paid out with a 2018 FFPC main event valued at $1,750 here. Uh, and he says, look, I'm going to take my risks, and maybe my team sucks, but maybe it's great if Reed remains this was a precautionary thing. If he remains healthy for the majority of the season, even if I only get 12 or 13 games out of him, it still might make some sense to take him there in a tight end premium format with point and a half per catch scoring for the position. So there you have Jordan Reed right there. Now we talked about DeAndre Hopkins as the last pick. Right after that, Zach Jaros and Shane Gray uh, taking Ty Montgomery at the three 
09 tonight, and I don't. That's probably the earliest he's gone. I, he in pros versus Joe's, I think yeah. he has. I don't know if anybody's taken him before that. Now, to to build another conspiracy theory here live on the show tonight, Dave. Uh, Zach Jarrows and Shane Gray were the last guests on the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown, and which is hosted by me, who is living in the shadow of Lambeau Field, a uh, noted Packers fan. Uh-huh. Right after they record the podcast. What do they do by taking a Packer in round two and another Packer in round three? You know who is still on the board, and he's usually coming off the board in round four, so maybe they Martel make it Bennett? three in a row. No, not Martellus Bennett. Oh. Uh, maybe he should, though, Didn't by he the way. Just, he just won at the 311. No, well, I, wasn't, I wasn't talking about Adams. Yeah. Oh, I was talking about somebody else. A little bit more vital to that offense the, than, uh, than Devontae Adams. So Ty Montgomery goes, and I'm just uh, uh, going to look this up here real quick, where Ty Montgomery is normally going in uh, – uh, FFPC DEs within the last seven days, and he's going right in the middle of the fourth, the 405. So they, they had a decent chance to get him in the fourth round, but again, you don't want to take that risk if you believe in Ty Montgomery, uh, which uh, Zach Jarrows and, and Shane Gray clearly do. So that is what they did there. Moving on after the Montgomery pick, Jimmy Graham, who tweeted out, uh, or not Jimmy Graham, who tweeted out, Matt Kelly from playerprofiler.com, who tweeted out, uh, that said he was going to get Jimmy Graham tonight. Right. He got Jimmy Graham tonight here I, at the 310. I like how this team is looking, actually. You know, even though I like Freeman a little bit better, I, I, you know, Gordon, Hilton, Graham, that's pretty solid. Yeah, I, I would uh, agree with that. And Jimmy Graham going at the 309, so he actually got him at a value. Target, targeting, getting your guys at a value. Man, that's what it's all about. You got it at, at about the price. Whatever. One pick, it's still a value. Uh, Devontae. Your analysis is a little uh, hinky tonight. I don't know about that. Devontae, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know that it's, uh, that it's ever spot on either. Uh, Devontae Adams is the 311 pick here tonight to uh, Larry Parks, FFPC Joe. And completing the third round, Sigmund Bloom takes Marshawn Lynch at the 312. Marshawn Lynch, a polarizing player this year for sure in uh, FFPC draft experts drafts. Uh, he's been going as early as the 209 in the last week. He's gone as late as the 608. Dude, that is nuts. Which is pretty insane that you can get him at that price, normally leveling out at the 407. Sigmund Bloom gets him uh, right now, tonight, at the 312. You look at this team, Dave. That, every- is, a, that is a lot of deviation on Marshall Lynch. Yes. Everybody seems to be going with a bit of balance here, kind of you know, making sure they get a smattering of positions, or at least at a minimum uh, getting some, uh, some value with running back and receiver, except for one. And that's Jen Ryan, who has three straight receivers off the board. We'll have to see. That's the team, team I'll be watching tonight. She should be pretty happy, actually, in that case, because usually you have two or three other teams that are going with a ton of receivers. And the fact that so many running backs have gone, um, you know, that allows her to pick up, you know, Doug Baldwin. And I think she'll be okay coming back around here in these next two picks as well. Yeah, I, I think so, too. I mean, there is still a decent amount of, of running back value that, that's, that, uh, that is out there. Uh, with uh, Now we have one, two, three, four, five, six tight ends off the board. So after Marshawn Lynch, uh, Sigmund Bloom follows it up by uh, taking Isaiah Crowell. Uh, Crowell and uh, Lynch making up his backfield right now. Uh, and then you have Terrell Pryor going off the board as the third receiver to Larry Parks. Parks, who has gone Devontae Freeman, and then three straight receivers, Thomas Adams Pryor after that. Going with the, uh, the old Eric Balkman strategy, Dave, of get a stud running back early and then just... Gets me some wide receivers, which is... That is your strategy. That is usually what I've done. Uh, draft alert. We have two teams oh now with two tight ends as we uh, are in the thick of it in round four. Matt Kelly follows up his Jimmy Graham pick 
with Tyler Eifert. So Graham and Eifert are the top two tight ends for Matt Kelly, pairing with Melvin Gordon and T.Y. Hilton. Uh, So that will be a team to watch, and we'll have to watch the tight end position as we always do in this format to see how people react to it. I think one of the most compelling things in the pros versus Joes every year is when you get six Joes who draft a ton of FFPC leagues uh, and know when these tight ends go, and and it's kind of a nuanced thing. They kind of know when they're going to go off the board uh, before the draft sometimes or during the draft. They know when to get their guys. And then you see six pros that are, again, fantasy football professionals, but not necessarily totally familiar with drafting players in this format. I think it's always so compelling to see how the tight ends get treated, and we see six of them off the board so far. Well, the thing that's interesting is Bloom and Kelly, two of the pros are the ones that are hyping up going nuts on the tight ends. Gronk, Kelsey, Jimmy Graham, Eifert, they're the ones that are really pushing the issue. And so we'll, I'm going to see how the Joes react, actually. I think the Joes, they're going to they get it. They'll be chill about it. But uh, I, think, you know, I think maybe they'll try my you know, garbage, garbage at tight end theory. Yes, the the old Gerzak garbage. Not, not really a theory, it's a strategy, I guess. Yeah. Well, it's a theory if it's worked, and it has worked for you. Yeah. It works well in practice. Now, how does it work in theory? No, I mean, you've done it, but you've done it they in Kentucky. They say the University of Chicago. Oh, really? That's one of the things that they say. Oh. Yeah. You know, it works well in practice. Did they accept now, you? It works well in practice. Now, how does it really work in theory? Right. Because yeah, that's funny. It is pretty funny. Actually. Okay. Um, Alshon Jeffrey, the pick right after Tyler Eifert. As the, I'm sure Wasp guy would get it. You know, like a high-level oh, Cornell professor yes, would get it. Hudson Reeve is, is, <laughs> is doubling over right now in, in laughter. <laughs> Alshon Jeffrey is the third receiver tack, uh, taken by Zach Jaros and, and Shane Gray, the uh, Boobs Love Him franchise, uh, which you, as I pointed out, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Check them out. Great interview with them. Great preview of their strategy tonight. And I thought they might go three straight Packers. They didn't. They take the ex-bear Alshon and then look at that right after that. One pick later, off the board, Aaron Rodgers, the first quarterback taken tonight at the 405 to Alex Melio and Austin Lee from footballguys.com. Hey, you like rookie running backs? We've got one for you here in the mid-fourth. It's Christian McCaffrey, and he is the RB3 for Steve Hutcherson tonight. McCaffrey behind McCoy and Ajayi. It is quite a stable backfield he is building right there. We'll have to see how he fills in with receiver and tight end later. Carlos Hyde to Mike Taglier from uh, Fantasy Pros. And then Julian Edelman, third receiver taken by Edgar Macias. Allen Robinson, the pick right after that. Robinson tonight goes at the 409. And then uh, Joe Mixon is the third running back taken by Jeff Howell. Spencer Ware goes to Jen Ryan as her first non-receiver taken tonight. And then uh, Dalvin Cook, rounding things out, the end of fourth round uh, tonight. Steve Lowinger takes the rookie running back from Minnesota. So let's talk about this round uh, briefly tonight. Dave, I don't think there's anything to say much about McCaffrey. I think that's where he's at. The only thing I will bring up with him is that I, you know, we haven't talked about the potential ascendant that uh, you know, HSFF hour announcement that we do live in Kentucky when we broadcast in Louisville for our final show, final preseason show of 2017. We always say the guy who is going to move up highest on main event draft boards in those first few rounds, and I think he clearly is a big candidate for that this year. Yeah, I think if you look at McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, and Joe Mixon, those three hyped-up rookies that aren't getting drafted as highly as Fournette, probably the best candidate for the Ascendant is, is the one that just cr- starts crushing it in preseason. Alston catches nine passes and a half. I think McCaffrey might be that player. You're hearing the rumors of how many passes they're you know, dumping off to him like crazy, how he's leaving people. They, they can't even touch him. He just makes the moves and they can't even touch him. Uh, so I think that he's got a good shot to be our guy. Yeah, he does. And not only that, I mean, I guess the main, the main reason I bring this up is we talk about McCaffrey in the fourth round now, ho-hum, whatever. But in a couple of weeks, few weeks, whatever, 
this may look like a very, very valuable pick if Steve Hutcherson is to be your overall champ. And again, he's, he's doing something a little bit different. Three running backs in the first four rounds uh, with only Sammy Watkins as his non-running back right now. See how that plays out. Do you want to talk a little bit? I mean, I don't know if this guy's going to be drafted by the time we're done tonight here uh, at, uh, at, at uh, 10 o'clock Eastern time. Allen Robinson, 409. Do you want to talk about Blake Bortles at all and, and oh, what, yeah. what he did in practice? Let's, let's briefly talk about that and, and how it affects, I think, the, the biggest guy that it really affects in this offense this year is Allen Robinson, given that he is usually the first Jaguars pass catcher off the board. Uh, Blake Bortles. Uh, you get a mini camp update. What what did he do today? This was today that he did this, right? In uh, Jacksonville training camp. Yeah, today he threw five interceptions in practice. Actually, I think it was maybe it was yesterday. Anyway, it was recently. And uh, you know the team doesn't really seem like they're very supportive. Actually, uh, head coach wasn't all that interested in defending him. Didn't really give him any encouragement. Now there's talk about picking up picking up Colin Kaepernick and signing him, which actually to me sounds like a great move. The fact that a quarterback. You know, regardless of his political stance, which I, I personally don't care for, I think that the fact that a quarterback of Kaepernick's character who had, had over a 90 passer rating is still available, I mean, they should be on the phone signing that guy, like, instantly. I, don't, I think fans, you know, they, you know, they hate the guy, this or that. But when you're this desperate, when you have Bortles, this is the perfect time to sign Kaepernick because the fans will be like, all right, good enough, fine. You know, we get it. Bortles sucks so badly that we'll, we'll even, you know, sign Kaepernick. And uh, I would even sign like a two-year deal, three-year deal. I don't think he's going to be that expensive either. The other thing, too, is if Jacksonville is serious about, you know, improving the offensive line, wanting to be more of a run-based team with Leonard Fournette, Colin Kaepernick, I believe, still has the wheels to, to sure do that from the quarterback position as well. So it does make sense there. Uh, and a couple of rookie running backs here, Joe Mixon and Dalvin Cook. Let's talk about Dalvin Cook here for a second uh, tonight, Dave, your boy, as it has been uh, on this show. I want to give you uh, your chance to be on the soapbox about him tonight. A little bit early. Uh, five, he goes at the, the uh, 412 tonight, normally going at the 505 in uh, draft experts formats. Uh, your thoughts on taking him there as the uh, number two running back for Steve Lowinger? I think it's fine. I mean, if that's, I mean, what's, what's oddly out about it is um, some people can't see this, but in the fifth round, there's been no running backs taken since then. So yeah. it kind of proves that Cook, uh, Cook was the last guy in that grouping. I like him. I think that's a good pick. David Johnson, Dalvin Cook at running backs. So I'll sign me up for that all day long. Sign us up for a phone call here from the 305 as we complete our round four uh, analysis. Let's go to the blower. You are on live with Balky and Dave on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Who are we speaking with? It's Steve Lowinger. What's going on, guys? Oh, perfect. Steve Lowinger, FFPC Joe, who had the uh, 101 pick tonight, just as we were talking about your Dalvin Cook pick. Like on cue. Like we had producers nice. working the wire tonight, getting Steve Lowinger on the air. positively about it, even better. Absolutely. No swear words. So, okay, so Steve, big picture here. We're five rounds in. You have uh, just made your first pick of the fifth round, Larry Fitzgerald. How's your, how do you feel about your team? Uh, is this fitting with the strategy, pre-draft strategy you had? Are these the players you're targeting? What are your thoughts as we uh, come to a close in the fifth round tonight? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, uh, Dalvin was kind of a, someone that I've been talking to a couple of days ago uh, from a friend of mine who went to Florida State who really thinks he's the goods. Um, so I've been kind of looking at him sideways for a couple of days, but I kind of figured that having David Johnson gives me the ability to kind of roll the dice a little bit more at the second and third running back positions. So I figured I can kind of play with that. Um, I kind of wanted um, Allen Robinson to fall to me, but uh, I can live with uh, – with uh, Larry Fitzgerald all day long. So that works for me as well. 
Yeah, my, my concept when I draft this stuff is balance. Um, Sigmund, I thought, was going to create a tight end run that was going was to screw me that, to making me have to make the Jordan Reed pick, which I didn't necessarily want to do. But luckily, uh, nobody else did. So I was able to get the guy that I think is probably going to lead the league in targets this year at the tight end position. So I'm happy. Yeah, that was nice to be able to still get Olsen after, uh, after Bloom did that at the 12th. Yeah, and, and nobody took a tight end in the second round after he takes those, those first two tight ends in the first 13 picks. Nobody takes another tight end uh, to the, until the final pick of the second round when, when Steve, when you took uh, Greg Olsen there. I'm curious, had Bloom not gone tight end, tight end, was Olsen still the pick for you there? It was, it was going to be between Olsen and Kelsey. I've had both of them last year and, and loved them both. I, I probably would say that Kelsey is probably a slightly more integral part of his offense than Olsen is, um, just because that's the way Andy Reid kind of sets it up. But, um, and I'm worried about McCafferty maybe stealing a couple of Olsen's catches. But otherwise, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with him. Uh, he, he, he's the type of guy that not only wants to deliver, he wants to be the best tight end in the league. Um, regardless of the guy named Gronkowski. So to me, that's, that's the kind of guy I want. Talking with Steve Lowinger here on the FFPC Pros versus Joe's Los Poyos Hermanos draft of uh, 2017. We want to ask you, Steve, how difficult was it a, a decision at 101 tonight? Was David Johnson a slam dunk? Did you consider anybody else there? Or was this just the pick staring you in the face that you had to make? David Johnson was my pick number one. He won me. He won me a title last year. There's no way I wasn't picking him. If, if for some reason the wheels fall off of him this year, um, I'll I'll live with that. I mean, the only other person that was even under consideration would have been Le'Veon Bell. And the only difference between Johnson and Le'Veon Bell is Le'Veon Bell gets one DUI stop and he's out for the year, kind of thing. So it's like, you know, it's not so much everybody. Every running back has an injury issue, but if you got a guy who's got you know that kind of two strikes situation and then the contract thing. I just figured it made sense to go the safer guy, so to speak. The FFPC main event early draft slot announcement came out about an hour before we went on the air tonight. Steve, I'm curious, did you get a chance to see where you're picking? What draft slot you have in the main event this year? Uh, I did. I'm picking eighth, which is actually not a bad place to be either. I think Um, it's, you know, it's not number one, which is fine, but, uh, the uh, the eighth pick you know leaves a lot of uh, a lot of flexibility in terms of what you're doing in the draft and and, and that it lets you be in, kind of in the middle of every run, so you can kind of uh, as opposed to being on the ends where you can kind of get stuck in front of or behind a run. But uh, you know the nice thing about the eighth, I, I've really found that the second and third rounds this year when projecting out there's a lot of question marks out there, so kind of being in the middle of both kind of gives you a chance to navigate the players that you like, which is fine with me. Fine by you and fine by us that you called in tonight. I certainly appreciate it. Steve Lowinger, the FFPC Joe, drafting out of the one spot tonight in Los Poyos Hermanos. Steve, thanks so much for calling in. Good luck the rest of the way. Good luck in the main event this year as well, man. All right, I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. Thanks. Steve Lowinger, uh, good good draft for him thus far. I, I have no doubt that since he called in, we'll have nothing but glowing praise for his draft as we uh, get on later uh, in our team analysis tonight. Dave, let's... I mean, Go ahead. Why, why would we, Loki? We just talked to him. Yeah. Why would we say good stuff about him now? Now is when we can trash his team. I mean, fifth. He's always oh, yeah, tough. Yeah. Yeah. And and so then he calls back and says, "What the hell, guys? <laughs> we had a rapport. Yeah, we had a rapport." All right. Let's go. Uh, keep it on the phone lines here. We'll get to the fifth round shortly. But I want to go to the two hundred three. You are on the air with Eric Falkman and Dave Gerzak. Who is this? Two hundred three. That is what is showing yeah, up there, my friend. Oh. I thought you said I was, was I picking around the 203? I think I was. Did no, I no, 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 no. Your area code. 
Oh, I think I did pick 203, though. Uh, you actually did. You did tonight because you're no, picking 110 and then the 203. I was like, well, yeah, I did take T.Y. Hilton, which was a little uh, – you were talking about it earlier. Uh, Steve was talking about the, the, the question marks once you get to the second round. So the one guy that I didn't think really had question marks at the wide receiver position was T.Y. Hilton, so I had to take T.Y. Hilton. It wasn't like I loved T.Y. Hilton there, but he's not 32 years old. He's not coming off a season where he's he rolled up 750 yards like Des Bryant. So went T.Y. Hilton. Didn't love it, though. Didn't love That's, doing it. You didn't love doing it, but you did it anyway. Let's talk. This is Matt Kelly from PlayerProfiler.com. Let's talk about a pick I know you liked at the 310. Jimmy Graham, you got your man there. Oh, this 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 worked out really, really well. I was hoping to go tight end, tight end with the the, th- the three in the fourth round, and, and it worked out. Jimmy fell, thank God. Uh, in a lot of these drafts, these FFPC-style drafts with a 1.5 PPR, Jimmy Graham is not there. I don't think he should be there because I think he's a top three tight end this year, so happy to have him on board. And then I so followed Jimmy up Graham with, that with uh, Tyler Eifert, which you know, Tyler Eifert to me is just a younger Jimmy Graham in terms of his role in the offense, and the volume he's going to see, and his you know propensity in the red zone. He's just been hurt. He's perceived as injury prone. That's what Jimmy Graham was perceived as last year. So I'll take the the sort of the the uh, the tight ends that play above the defense that are perceived as injury prone. Give me those guys all day. The double digit touchdown guys. Give me those tight ends in this format. Matt, I, you know, let's. I know you took Jamison Crowder here in the sixth round, and we'll get to that in a, in a little bit when when we talk about what happened in the sixth round. We know we know you like him. That was a great value pick there. I love. I was surprised Crowder, to be honest, with you, was still there. That was great. It's I want mean. to talk about your fifth round. Those pick. Those like the same guy. The, I, I couldn't believe it. I was so happy. Crowder certainly was uh, was an awesome, awesome. I, and like we, I, I, Dave, I haven't talked to you about this. Crowder's going up draft boards in the Football Guys Players Championship. Yes, he, he's sneaking up. He's sneaking, sneaking, sneaking up. Let's talk about that five ten Willie Sneed because this is a guy that I didn't really have. I wasn't really necessarily liking so much this year. And then when I did the Roto Underworld podcast with you, we talked about Michael Thomas and Willie Sneed. I'm like, oh my gosh, Sneed is a total value this year. Tell us, tell the listeners why you love Willie Sneed. Well, we have over 100 vacated targets from Brandon Cooks, and all they replaced him with was Ted Ginn, who's not a 100-target player. So you have to imagine 10 to 20 targets going to Willie Sneed. Like, the 1,000-yard season is just there for him, and he's their best route runner. He's the best hands on the team. He has the most rapport with Drew Brees. I understand that they love Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas looks great, looked great last year, looks great in practice, they love Michael Thomas. Everybody loves Michael Thomas. We talked to on the SiriusXM show with Rotorballer Radio last night. We talked to the uh, beat reporter from the Saints. Just can't stop talking about this Michael Thomas. Well, Michael Thomas has never faced number one cornerbacks every week. He doesn't know what that's like. That's how the second year regression happens for so many receivers that stand out as rookies. Is that it's another leap into another echelon where they're starting to pay a lot of attention to you, and that's how I think the volume is going to get driven up on Willie Sneed, that Michael Thomas just isn't going to be open a lot because he's going to be facing a lot of shutdown corners that he wasn't facing last year. And, again, just all that volume getting siphoned over 
to Willie Sneed. They're going to throw 700 times again in New Orleans. So, gosh, love it. I'm chasing the volume with these possession receivers with Sneed and Jamison Crowder. They're not perceived to have the high ceilings that the guys that go around earlier have. But in those high-volume offenses, Washington, New Orleans, they could both be top five in the league in pass attempts. I want those particular you know, slot flanker wide receivers. All right, so you're talking about high ceilings. Let's talk about a high ceiling for your receivers. Your highest ceiling is five feet, 11 inches tall, man. That's right. I got the small receivers on the prolific offenses that are soaking up lots of targets. I'll take it. I'll tell about the targets, targets not height. How about that? <laughs> Actually, I totally agree with you. I did have to look them up because it was they're five nine, five eleven, five nine, and their combined weight is five hundred and fifty one pounds between the three of them. It might yeah. be maybe five fifty five yeah. with after they go swimming with tiny. their swim trunks on dripping wet. I'm I'm five fifty one after tiny a, I, I head so out of Luckily, B-dubs. we have two incredible red zone, <laughs> you know, uh, just uh, elite athletes at the tight end position to make up for it on the outside. That's absolutely true. Actually, I really love the receivers. To be honest with you, I just uh, I thought it was it was interesting that not a one of them was these over, are my guys. Uh, over five foot eleven. These are my guys, Dave. <laughs> I mean, these are my guys. I usually have to get. That's great. I have to settle for either one sneak. Here's the thing. So in most of the expert leagues that I and I participate in a lot of expert leagues because so many of these platforms want me in their expert league because my brand. I'm not sure why. Whatever, it's fine. I'll be in your expert mock <laughs> all day. It's fine, you know. So in these expert mocks that I'm in. You, it's not like the guy at the top of the queue on the ADP list inside the draft room is a Willie Sneed or a Jamison Crowder. People are typically reaching for those players. So the idea that right. I, it, it, like Willie Sneed was the next available wide receiver according to the ADP ranks within the FFPC online draft room, I've never seen that. I've never seen Crowder and Sneed just the next guys up for, you know, anyone that's just closing their eyes and drafting. They were right there. In other, these other leagues, I have to reach for these guys, not tonight. So that's why I'm so happy. It fell right into your lap. I don't understand it. This has never happened. I've never had both Sneed and Crowder. Usually it's one or the other, and then the, forget the other guy. Um, whatever, I'll take it. I'll take it. You know, this is my lucky night. You know. Speaking of luck, actually, isn't it awesome? Draft room. How's that possible? Well, well, don't say that. You got maybe someone's listening that picks ahead of you here. No, he's trying to get somebody to take (laughs) you. Oh, I forgot. But isn't it cool? Tuned in. Yes. No, no, he's not. He just wait. He just got drafted. He just got drafted. (laughs) So it's pretty sweet for you though that you got Jimmy Graham at the three ten, Eifert at the four hundred three, and then so after you take Crowder. One, two, three, four, five tight ends out of the next six picks are tight ends. So it's, it's almost like a, a half of a round gets wasted in picks of a, of a position you have no need for. Isn't that sweet? Well, this was part of the reason I did that is as soon as I saw Sigmund Bloom go two tight ends, you start thinking about game theory in your head. You start thinking, okay, someone already has two tight ends. If I can do it again, yep. if I can be the next guy – that's going to put everybody in this awkward position with tight ends because everybody knows this format that tight ends are such a premium. So now you have two guys early in the draft that are already taking four of the tight ends off the board. That's going to push everyone into the tight end, and that's probably, you could argue, one of the reasons why Snead and Crowder were available was that tactic. Yep, I agree. 
Uh, listen, Matt Kelly, uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Fantasy underscore Mansion, of course, from Roto Underworld Radio. Listen to the podcast there. Great stuff. And, oh, of course, the mastermind. So Edgar uh, Mathias is listening. Shit. You, you, <laughs> you, nev- you never should have said his name. He's like Voldemort. Uh, you mistake. don't say his name. I was just too that's excited. That's, listen, it's I, all right. I got out over my skis there. <laughs> this is uh, Matt Kelly, by the way, if you're in, like I said at the top of the broadcast, if you're in the FFPC, you're clicking on any of the players' names, all those great reports, analysis, statistics, all courtesy of playerprofiler.com. I highly encourage you to check out that website. A lot of great stuff there, a lot of unique uh, analysis, unique thinking there. Matt, I certainly appreciate you calling in. Good luck the rest of the way, man, we'll, uh, we'll, and we'll talk to you in Vegas. Absolutely. See you guys. All right, Matt Kelly, playerprofiler.com, at fantasy underscore mansion. Great stuff from him, as always. And by the way, he's like, oh, you know, uh, you know people always want me to participate in their, the, these expert mocks for my brand or whatever. Yes, Matt Kelly's brand is fantastic, and that's why everybody wants him, and that's why everybody should go to playerprofiler.com. That's why everybody should listen to the Roto Underworld podcast. It is all fantastic. So he's, he's coming to Vegas. I didn't know Yes, he, he that's, is. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah, he'll be out there. And I believe he will be on this uh, the, the project that we're working on, which I can't remember if I've said on the show or not. What I think project? he's going to be part of this. I, I'll to tell you off air. I thought I did talk to you about this already, but it is a very exciting thing that we'll uh, be doing out yeah, there. Sp- speaking of 551 pounds, Kelvin Benjamin went to some other player like recently. That's about, that's half the weight of those, those three receivers right there. It's you know, 275, 280. That's I said 551 pounds. 551. Yeah. So not 751. Whatever. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, get back into it. The fifth round here, and we'll try to fly because these guys are already in the mid-seventh. To recap what happened so far, in the fifth round, Fitz went to Steve Loinger, as you heard. Golden Tate and Stephon Diggs right after that, followed by the quarterbacks, uh, second and third quarterbacks off the board, Tom Brady to Jeff Haverlack, who, by the way, is an old geezer, so my dynasty theory is out the window. Drew Brees, another old geezer, goes to Edgar Macias right after that, Jarvis Landry and Michael Crabtree in the mid-fifth. I think both those guys, if you look at ADP, that's a value right there, Landry to Mike Taglier and Michael Crabtree to uh, Team 7, uh, Steve Hutcherson. Mark Ingram, the selection after that, followed by Dave's BFF, Tyreek Hill, as the number four receiver to Zach Jarrows and Shane Gray there, Willie Sneed to Matt Kelly, C.J. Anderson falling all the way to the 5'11 tonight, and the number one receiver picked by Sigmund Bloom, he gets Martavis Bryant at the 5'12 tonight. So Martavis Bryant off the board at the 5'12 as a uh, Sigmund Bloom's number one receiver. And then he doubles down or triples down on the running back position, I guess you could say. Danny Woodhead as his number three running back at the 601 tonight, followed by the most purple round I've ever seen in pros versus Joe's. No, I'm just kidding, but there was a lot of tight ends taken this round. First one was Zach Ertz uh, to Larry Parks at the 602. Jameson Crowder, as you heard from Matt Kelly, he takes him at the 603. Love the Sneed and Crowder picks. Not that I mean, I am a big I, Matt I Kelly agree. fan. I like I, the Sneed and Crowder picks as well. Yeah, yeah, I do. I agree, actually. Kyle Rudolph off the board tonight at the 604, followed by Delaney Walker, Hunter Henry, and Martellus Bennett all in the sixth round. Uh, before we go any, for, uh, any further, Dave, you are in this round. I'm going to tell you this right now in this hypothetical situation. You need a tight end. Uh, you are taking one of the tight ends. Well, I'll, after, do I have? after Bennett goes Eddie Lacy and Eric Ebron, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have six receivers or six tight ends going in this round. Ebron, Bennett, Henry, Walker, Rudolph, Ertz. Which is your favorite among those tight ends who went in the sixth round tonight? So if I could have any of those tight Any ends, of them. Any of them. I'd probably take Walker. Delaney Walker. The, the bane of your tight end existence normally, and you're taking Walker over all these other talented guys here. 
Yeah, you know, I'm, Bennett would probably be the last one that I would take because I just, you know, again, the targets of the Packers offense. Uh, Ebron, Henry, Rudolph, and Ertz, I actually don't mind. They're all, they're all good in their own various ways. Ertz, I, I don't know. I'm not really sure about him. I don't normally, I'm not really normally a guy who takes Ertz. He's a little bit too inconsistent for me. Rudolph gets, has, does have a ton of targets. Rudolph's actually probably a close second. Henry, I still worry just a little bit about Gates. I mean, he's a second-year player, so he has to not only break out, but he has to beat Gates out. And then Ebron's got to conquer the drops, but without, with Bolden gone, he's going to get more of those red zone looks. So I do like Ebron. But, uh, you know, Delaney Walker, he's got Mariota throwing to him. He's got some young wide receivers there. So he's still going to probably be the red zone guy that they look to. I, I, I like Walker there. This is going to sound crazy, but I think, you know, I, I've been tooting the Martellus Bennett horn this year. I think the guy I like best in the sixth round is Hunter Henry. I think he is my favorite tight end out uh, of all, all, all these. I think they're all great picks. Uh, and I could get on board with any of these guys in a tight end premium format in this round. I think my favorite one was uh, to Steve Hutcherson there, getting Hunter Henry as his tight end one. Uh, 6'10 pick tonight, Dante Moncrief to Jeff Howell, and then Bilal Powell going at the 6'11 to Jen Ryan. Emmanuel Sanders completing things here tonight in the sixth round to Steve Lowinger. What do you make of Steve Lowinger locking up both Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders in this format. He gets the Denver passing, the, the high-powered Denver passing game. Who's running it? It's either going to be Paxton Lynch or Trevor Simeon. But those, and it's so weird to say this, but I like both those players this year in Thomas and Sanders. It is weird to say when you don't really know the quarterback, but you trust the organization they, to make good choices, right? right? Yep. You know, so it's like if it was just one of these crappy, crummily run organizations, you just wouldn't trust it. But I actually crummily, crummily run, crummily run. Demarius Thomas is super Sounds talented. Sounds like a place on Game of Thrones. Ma- Sorry. Emmanuel <laughs> Sanders is super talented. I mean, and they're going to get their yards. They don't really have much in the tight end game. You know, they're not tight end position. And they're running backs. I don't think any of those guys. C.J. Anderson's not a great pass catcher. So wide receivers, even if they only throw for 3,800 yards, these guys are going to get their numbers. Yeah, I mean, and not only do we not know who the quarterback is there, I don't think anybody is like really touting either of these guys as being great fantasy quarterbacks. So for us to get on board with uh, Thomas and Sanders in the first six rounds is, is saying something. And, and it makes sense uh, to grab both those guys. I like both those guys this year. Uh, Randall Cobb off the board right after that to lead things off here in the seventh round. 701, Randall Cobb is the number four receiver to Steve Lowinger. Kobe Fleener is the tight end one for Jen Ryan's squad uh, from the two hole tonight. And then you have Tevin Coleman as the number four running back to Jeff Howell. Uh, he's going with Bell, Fournette, Mixon, and Coleman. That is a talented stable of backfield members right there, Dave. The uh, breakout darling, Devontae Parker, goes to Jeff Haverleck after that. Uh, uh, Devontae Parker, a a big-time pick in Dynasty Leagues this year. People are loving trading for him. And uh, DynastyLeagueFootball.com is Jeff Haverlack making him his pick at the 704 tonight. Mike Gillisley, who you heard Matt Kelly emphatically denounce the pick, so so upset. He yelled out, blows it and then calls out his name. Yeah, he, uh, he yelled an expletive on the air, too, by the way, which you missed. I know you always enjoy those. Oh, uh, darn it. Uh, I can't tell you which one it, it by the way, was. Mike Gillespie has a – let's put him as an outside dark horse candidate for the Ascendant. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I, – I mean, dark horse right now. Do you see it? You're like, he, I could. If he's the, if he's the new like, Eric Blunt and all of a sudden he right. pops in like three, four touchdowns in a couple, you know, in a couple of preseason games, all of a sudden people are like, oh, man. You know, Blunt had, what do you have, Blunt had 18 touchdowns or whatever, some yeah. crazy number. Yeah, 18. So, uh, yeah, he might, he, might, he might shoot up. Here's my cold water on the Gillis Lee for Ascendant talk. Typically, the Ascendant has a big preseason. 
Do you think that any weapon? Well, they that, probably won't use them. Exactly. Right. I, I can't see Belichick. They're not that stupid. Right. <laughs> That's an excellent point. He is not that stupid. Yeah, good job. Belichick uh, probably won't even play him at all. You know, if Belichick maybe, if they don't maybe, play him at all, that's then, then, draft him. then he is going to be the ascendant. If, if Gillespie, Gillespie doesn't is, play. Yeah, if he's inactive weeks one, two, and three of preseason, yep. draft him everywhere you can. And totally. And you know what? High stakes players will. Like, you know, they've been using, you know, uh, uh, the, the Foster kid they got in the, in the draft uh, a couple of years ago, the DJ Foster. They're using him. They brought. Uh, Tommy Vardell out of retirement. He's just <laughs> hanging out back there, farting around, taking a couple of uh, pa- or, uh, uh, handoffs <laughs> up the middle. They're not using Gillisley at all. Man, that's a message right there. You know, the, the Patriots are the type of team that would, would, uh, would run Foster, give him all these carries throughout the entire preseason, and then cut him on final cutdowns. Not even keep him on the team. Exactly right. Jeremy Macklin, uh, the pick right after Mike Gillisley, to Mike Tagliar is his uh, number three receiver. Kelvin Benjamin uh, right after that, followed by Amir Abdullah as the number three running back. Uh, taken by Alex Melio and Austin Lee from Football Guys, Derek Henry and Theo Riddick, the uh, next running backs off the board, next picks off the board. Zach DeRose and Shane Gray take Derek Henry as their number two running back. That is interesting. And then Theo Riddick, the number two running back drafted by Matt Kelly. Uh, Brandon Marshall and Pierre Garçon uh, round things out here in the seventh round. Marshall is the number four receiver uh, for Larry Parks. And Pierre Garçon, the number two receiver by uh, Sigmund Bloom. I'll tell you what. Tell me. Sigmund Bloom did not take a receiver till the fifth round, and you were looking at Martavis Bryant, Pierre Garcon as his one and two. And I, I like those picks. A lot of garbage. No, it's not a lot of garbage. <laughs> I really like those picks. That makes a lot of sense. I'm just kidding. I'd like you, to make you mad about Martavis Bryant. Yeah, you are. I and I can't even gauge whether you actually like Martavis Bryant this year because I probably I'll, I do not. It's like a live. I actually do not. Well, there's a live human troll always next to me <laughs> when when I bring up Martavis Bryant, and I can't tell. You know, I can't separate back to. From fiction. Well, apparently it is fact. You I think, like I think he's going to run a little hot and cold, and I think when you have Antonio Brown commanding 190 targets, Le'Veon Bell being the second or the first most targeted or talented player on the team. Until if, he ends the season with a knee injury. Two of these super talented players, yes. Until he, If they both get hurt, you know, Brian's going to have a great year. Yeah, that's all it takes. You know, Brian could have a good year anyway, but I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I don't, I'm not super excited about him. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking at uh, his ADP here uh, when you look at where Martavis Bryant has been drafted. And he actually is going at the 5'10", normally, in uh, FFPC sure. draft, uh, draft experts draft. So right around the spot that uh, you can get him, and it makes sense. Uh, so that is the seventh round. Let's move on and talk about the eighth round here. Uh, Dave, as uh, Sigmund Bloom had the turn pick, and he takes his number three receiver, D-Jax, Deshaun Jackson, uh, first receiver off the board. And if you like yourself some running backs, well, we got some running backs for you here. A lot of them just went off the board here in the eighth round. Paul Perkins at the 802. Terrence West at the 803. Let's stop and talk about this here. Terrence West steps into... Oh, he's elite running back. Too. Now, I'm, I, listen, he steps into a position with uh, Kenneth Dixon now out for the year, not just out for the first four games. He steps into a position where he is going to have the uh, potential to make a lot of plays this year because he's going to get an added opportunity over the course of the entire season rather than just the first month. Normally going at the 10:02 in drafts, we're seeing him shoot up a couple of rounds Makes here sense. tonight at the 8:03. Now those drafts were, some of them were done before the Dixon news came out. I'm sure most were. Do you think, anyway. do you think this is where West levels out? Here as we move forward, or does he even go higher? This is where I, this is, I think this is where he finishes. I don't think he's going to go much higher than this. Who, who, I, I'm just curious. Doug Martin it, it goes off the board at the 804, and I thought this was going to be a compelling storyline because of all the the 
positive news we've heard coming out of Tampa right. from the front office to the coaching staff to his teammates to, to beat writers talking about uh, how great Martin looks this year. His agent, The what, Rock. Whatever. No, The Rock is his agent? Yeah, he might be. I didn't realize. Has he been on Ballers, Doug Martin? No, he has not. He'd be an interesting real-life case study on Ballers. He'd be a baller. Uh, so Doug Martin goes here at the 804 pick tonight. The GM was interviewed um, within the last 24 hours. I think it was yesterday. And talked about... Uh, you heard that news, but not the Bortles five picks. I didn't. I didn't. I would spend a crazy day, early draft <laughs> slot announcement. I was commissioning today. My wife is... Balky, by the way, Balky was the master formatter of the early draft pick. Oh, yeah. I'm unable to format the email properly. Yeah, Balky is yeah. one who can do that. You, uh, you just got to know the tricks, man. Yeah, I'm uh, a no-talent hack. Not only as a podcast person, but as an email MailChimp user. Yeah, well, listen. You're uh, a better chimp than I am, Balky, let me tell you. The highest compliment I've ever been paid. <laughs> but, no, like, my wife is gone. I'm taking care of my kids. It was just, it's yeah, crazy. Fine. Can we talk about that? Sure, go ahead. So if you and your wife, it's your fifth year anniversary. Fifth year anniversary this December. Five years of, of wedded, five years of marriage, two years of wedded bliss. <laughs> and as a, you know, as a fifth anniversary present to herself, she went on a, uh, a cruise with her mother. Right? With her mother, who, who just retired after 40 plus years so, right. of, of employment. So it's sort of a celebration for her as well. So, and that's, that's pretty... so rather than... She... Yeah, so we've been give, I've been giving Eric a little crap about right. the fifth anniversary being... Well, a cruise I, for her that you're not in it, it speaks to our family that my wife wants to take a five-year anniversary cruise, and she takes her mother, and her mother just retires after 40 years of work. She doesn't take her husband. She takes her daughter. Yeah. So, yeah, there you go. So Keep she's on a week-long cruise. Tight. Yep, very tight. <laughs> I didn't want to miss pros versus Joes, man. Come on. This is like the best part of the year for us here. You could have broadcasted from the cruise ship. It would have cost like 5000 bucks. Would have been a train wreck, <laughs> but totally worth it. So, Doug Martin, are you surprised? Uh, that we have uh, that we've seen him uh, go at the uh, 804 tonight with with this underwhelming news that the front office said. What did they say? Let I'm sorry, I think I interrupted your story. To be honest. Yeah. Well, there there was a there was an interesting quote from uh, uh, from uh, from the the GM, and I can't think of what his name is now. Damn it. Uh, this is so so <laughs> annoying. Like every like I know these guys' names, and then when I'm actually on the clock, I just to- totally. Uh, no, no one knows his name. No one. Uh, Doug Wilson. Is that his? It's not Doug Wilson. Uh, I, Rob uh, Fishstein. That is that definitely not. Definitely <laughs> not. Right. All right, I have it right here. I'm so, thank you for vamping for that, so I can bring this up. Jason Licht is his name. The Bucks. Close enough. Bucks GM. Um, he was asked about uh, Martin's roster spot. It might not look. He has done everything we've asked him to do, and he looks reminiscent of 2015 when he was playing for his contract. He looks the same out there mentally and physically, so he might be one of those guys that needs a carrot, and he's got a pretty big carrot in front of him right now because there's no guarantees that he's going to be here. Interesting. Maybe Martin doesn't make the team. He is suspended for the first four games. This is a guy I really liked, and now I don't know. So Okay, let's that's the GM talking. He says there's no guarantee he's going to be here for this season, or does he mean for a long-term? Well, what do you think? I don't know. I can't. I didn't really. I I heard what you said, and I didn't, can't really read it very well. Well, he's talking about the the deal. He might be one of those guys that needs a carrot, and he's got a pretty big yeah, carrot in front for the, of him. Playing for the contract, there's no guarantee he's going to be here in the future. Okay. okay. I mean, right. I think after, that's how you're reading it. Yeah, I'm not reading it that we might cut him. I mean, do you think he would actually come out and say? We might cut him. He was very effusive about Jacquez Rogers. Again, you know the the five foot four, hundred and forty pound Jacquez <laughs> Rogers. But still, I, I I really love the Doug Martin Jacquez Rogers combo. I do but too. if you don't get the combo, me no like you so much. And, and it's tough because you got to take Martin to make it work, and then it's just winging a prayer after that. 
Yep. So more running backs here in the uh, in the eighth round. Right after Martin goes Duke Johnson, C.J. Procise right after that to uh, Steve Hut- uh, Stephen Hutcherson there. Uh, Andrew Luck is the fourth quarterback off the board to Mike Taglier. That seems pretty like cheap for Luck. I, w- I, w- I would. Don't you think? Yeah. I mean, Luck's been going earlier than that. Even, I would. Even I would take Luck there. You know, passes or not, Balky, big stupid looking beard or not. I'm just looking at Mike Taglier's team here, and he's on the clock. It'll be interesting to see who he takes. But I, I look at his team, and there is a ton of upside on this team. But you also look at it. Todd Gurley coming off an underwhelming 2016. Jordan Reed has the injury right now. Carlos Hyde, not sure what his role in San Francisco is going to be. Jarvis Landry, we know that they're not extending him. So, you know, Take that for whatever it means. Mark, we're not extending Landry. Well, I mean, that's not, they did not say that, but it, it certainly sounds like that's, uh, that's the case right now. Um, and uh, then you have, uh, right after him, Martellus Bennett, a guy who is in a new offense with a new quarterback. Jeremy Macklin, new offense, new quarterback. Andrew Luck, we don't know what's going on with the shoulder exactly. That. Yeah, a lot, a lot, of, a lot, lot of risk. There is a lot you know? of risk. I, but again, totally if, you're, if you're going for broke, if he gets you know, some of these guys to hit, man, it could be great. Well, he took John Brown, another and guy John who's Brown off the, the sickle cell, and he's got some problems. Who did have a, was it a quad injury right now? Quad yeah, or hamstring? Some sort, injury, yeah. some sort of leg injury right now. So I will have to pay attention to how uh, Mike uh, fills in the cracks here as we move on into the uh, middle third of this draft here, we'll call it. Uh, So after Andrew Luck, Matt Forte to Edgar Macias, Frank Gore right after that as the number three running back to Jeff Haverleck, Eric Decker. And by the way, you cannot get a more opposite dynasty pick uh, than Frank Gore to Jeff Haverleck. Uh, So so on the youth movement, Frank Gore over there. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the Ponce de Leon, Frank Gore, Going uh, and Tom Brady going in the eighth Russell. round, yeah. <laughs> Eric Eric Decker at the eight ten. Russell Wilson is the fifth quarterback off the board tonight at the eight eleven. And Samaji P Ryan to Steve Loinger as his number three running back. What do you what do you make of the running backs? Well, okay, make your point, and then I'll talk about Steve Loinger's running. You know, back. I'm just looking at the you know Russell Wilson to me. It just seems like he's a pretty good quarterback to get, and the reason is like he's not really expensive, and you usually can get him. To start like that second tier, you know, second level quarterback run where they get the Matt Ryan's, Mariotas, and guys like that, and, and Wilson, you know, he's got some upside as well. He's still in his prime as a quarterback. He's lost the weight, you know what I mean? He didn't just get married. He's now had a year of this. I, I like Wilson. I think Wilson's got plenty of upside this year. I think he's going to come back. He's going to run a little bit more, and he's right. going to still throw the passes. Remember two years ago, he was just phenomenal. He, would, he was almost unstoppable when he was healthy. And last year, he played injured, wasn't as good, but he was still pretty all right. Yeah. Was this the? Did I talk about this on the show that I was going back through FFPC emails last year and I used a photo of Russell Wilson at uh, training camp when he was when he had bulked up yeah. and he had biceps like a pro wrestler, you know, and he just looked like a linebacker type. Mm-hmm. And then he had all that injuries. Now we hear this off season. Oh, he's lost weight. He's, he's doing he's, yoga. He's down, he has down to ten percent body he's fat. He's a vegan. It's, it's like you never know <laughs> what's gonna like. Some of these sometimes they're big, sometimes they're small. It's it's just crazy. So maybe the small will help out with Wilson. Steve Loinger's running backs, David Johnson and two rookies through nine rounds. What do you make of the unknown of Dalvin Cook and Samaji Pirine as his number two and three running backs here from the one hole? Well, we talked about Cook already. Uh, Pirine, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not buying Pirine. I know, I know people are into him, and uh, I just, I don't, I don't believe that he's going to capture that role. On the same token, I'm still not really sure if I'm going to go the other direction either. So I don't know. I just don't really know if I'm going to hit that Redskins running game. Yeah, I, I am probably staying. The thing is, one of them is not like screaming a value right now in drafts between P Ryan and the well, other you know, guy. You know, 
Fat Rob Kelly. If you, maybe if you didn't call him Fat Rob Kelly all the time, maybe I'd like him more. But you're always throwing this mean adjective Fat at Fat Rob, that's his nickname. He likes people when, or he likes he? It when people call him that. Yeah. Does he really? He might have given himself that nickname. I'm not sure. He doesn't really seem fat. Is he fat? Well, he's not, not as fat as he was last year because he has slimmed down this offseason. Well, he, he was pretty good last year. He was all right. Well, I mean, the thing is, we had such low expectations for him last year. If he you know, shows up at all and doesn't you know, ruin everybody's fantasy week, then he, <laughs> he's pretty good. You know what I mean? Maybe I, you know, I might look at Kelly. I guess maybe I'll look at Kelly. Matt Ryan, the nine oh one pick tonight uh, to uh, Steve Loinger. Adrian Peterson. This is an interesting value tonight, Davis. He falls to the nine oh two to Jen Ryan as her number three running back. Adrian Peterson in FFPC best ball has a, a, a ADP of seven oh nine within the last couple of days. Nice so value for pre- her. Pretty good value when when he slips uh, basically a round and a half there too. And she needed it. She, she did, yeah. It worked out for her that uh, you know she hits those receivers early, and she's still able to get a guy like Adrian Peterson in the ninth round. Definitely worked out well for her. Maybe she that was the plan all along. She knew it was going to happen. Yeah, right. I don't I mean, know. Nevertheless, I mean, even if you're, you know, like I don't really care for Peterson that much, but when you're getting a round and a half of value and you have a need, just snatch it up. That's a good deal. And look, after that, as you're about to see, you only have McFadden, and no other running backs have gone in like 12, 13 picks. Yeah, the only two running backs here in the in the ninth round uh, as we move forward. Tyrell Williams is the 903 pick, a guy who is shooting up draft boards, uh, especially with the news that I think we just saw today. There was an update that uh, Mike Williams, the Chargers announced, will miss all of training camp with the herniated disc in his back. Yikes, that's never good. Uh, Cameron Meredith at the 904 right after Tyrell Williams. Darren McFadden, the number five running back chosen by Edgar Macias. So he has, well, we'll talk about team construction a little bit. No tight ends, five running backs. That's an interesting strategy as well. John Brown to Mike Tagliere right after that. Marcus Mariota is the uh, selection tonight at the 907. Mariota is the seven uh, quarterback off the board tonight. Kenny Britt. From the uh, Cleveland Browns goes right after Mariota to uh, Alex Melio and Austin Lee from Football Guys. Jack Doyle is the second tight end chosen by Zach Jaros and Shane Gray, followed by Jason Witten, the final tight end chosen in the ninth round tonight. And then we get a little mini QB run. I say mini because it only affected two teams, the two teams on the turn. We'll go into the tenth round with this analysis. Ben Roethlisberger is the first quarterback selected. Uh, by Larry Parks at the 9-11. And then Cam Newton, Sigmund Bloom, gets Cam Newton, a guy who finishes the number one quarterback just two years ago. Cam Newton goes at the 9-12, followed by Kirk Cousins. Of course, you know my affinity for Kirk Cousins. They have loved both of those what picks is he right be, there. Is he going to be the number one or the number two quarterback? This Cousins, Cousins will be number two. two Mari- Mariota is number one. Yeah, yeah, That's how it works. Very, thank yeah. you. you know, that, interesting about Sigmund Bloom. Oh, hold on, hold on. The other thing I want to say before you get to Bloom, right after Kirk Cousins is the fourth straight quarterback. Uh, this is... Uh, um, sorry. Matt Stafford. No, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, Matthew, thank you. Matthew Stafford, right after Ben Roethlisberger tonight. So Matthew Stafford, uh, right after Ben Roethlisberger to Larry Parks. Make your point about Sigmund Bloom's team. Well, it's interesting. He's had five turns, so to speak, you know, 12, 13, and he goes around. Four of the five turns, he's taken one position. He goes tight end, tight end, running back, running back. Only when he took Bryant and Woodhead did he go receiver or running back. Then he goes receiver, receiver, then quarterback, quarterback. And I think, again, I think the Bloom is trying to push people to go for certain positions. I like when you do that. I like when people do that. Yeah. I don't think the Garcon Jackson, I think he just had a neither a wide receiver. But I think yeah. at tight end and at quarterback, and maybe to some extent at running back, I mean, he, he needed some running backs. But I think he was trying to press, that, press the issue and make other people make moves. Also tough to force the issue at wide receiver. 
in in mm-hmm. PPR fantasy football. Absolutely. I mean, you, you can do it at quarterback, you do it at tight end, running back to a certain uh, standpoint, receiver is tough to do. Anyway, go ahead. Well, so, you know, it, you see, you see, Big Ben, Cam, Cousins, and Stafford. That's four quarterbacks and four picks. That makes a huge difference for everyone else in the, in this draft. I mean, they really have to be considerate now and take a look where not considerate, but they have to consider what to do and if they're going to try and get three quarterbacks. You know, one guy, uh, Jeff, doesn't have a quarterback yet at the three hole, so he he needs to really probably look at that position now. Normally, I, I and Matt Kelly as well. Sorry, Matt, you, yeah. uh, you're going all the way into the eleventh round with no QB. Oh, he knows what he's doing. I, I know he does. Um, okay, so Sigmund Bloom just wringing his hands together, going <laughs> after Larry Parks goes quarterback, quarterback in the nine ten, right after Sigmund Bloom does. Now all of a sudden, we're going to see a flurry of quarterbacks, in my opinion, Dave, here in the ten eleven rounds uh, with uh, with you know people gobbling up these quarterbacks. Remember, this is a DE format. You draft the entire twenty eight rounds, and there is no in season waivers, no free agency. You got to get your quarterbacks now. You, you know, defenses, kickers, tight ends, what have you. Unless you're Tim McCulloch, you can get away with drafting Antonio Gates as your only tight end and win the whole thing. Um, which, by the way, I, just, I, I should bring this up too. Darren Armani, big thanks to him from FantasyMojo.com yeah. for putting this up. He actually came up with a system of ranking the all the performances of the previous pros versus Joes, like combining them all in his number one ranked pros versus Joes player of all time, huh. Tim McCullough who actually took first place overall two years ago. Then I think he finished in, like, the teens, like 15th or whatever last year. He's just year. ranking pros. Because he no, ranked... there's Joes in there, too. Yeah, but you can't really rank Joes when they're not even getting in on I them. don't know the rubric, but the Joes were involved as well. So McCullough, but McCullough finishes, like, 15th or whatever, somewhere in the teens. Nice. And then last year he was fourth. Wow. So he's had two top five finishes in this format. So he knows he what's going on. He should be talking some smack over there. Uh, he's a very modest fellow. He is very modest. <laughs> nice, nice guy. And I think he is actually going to be drafting not – Monday, I think Tuesday night he is drafting. Good. So we'll, uh, we'll see what he has cooked up for us. Uh, so those are the four straight quarterbacks that we talk about the 9-10 turn. Uh, I was clearly proven wrong with the quarterbacks going off the board in the 10th. We'll tell you what happened in the 10th. Jacquez Rogers to Matt Kelly, too much to pass up, and that is one pick before Zach Jaros and Shane Gray could get their mitts on him as they had already taken Doug Martin in the 8th. So Quiz goes at the There's 10th. There's no way he could have. I mean, he just can't do it. He couldn't have taken Rogers in the 9th. So anyway, sorry to interrupt you. Uh, I'm talking about Jerome. Yeah, why? Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I was looking at Matt Kelly's team. Now I get it. Uh, Jameis Winston, the 904 tonight, and uh, Charles Clay right after that to uh, football guys Alex Melio and uh, Austin Lee. Julius Thomas, uh, back-to-back tight end picks there. And then uh, James White and James Conner, a couple of James at running backs. White to Tagliar, uh, Conner to Macias. Dak Prescott is the fourth quarterback off the board here tonight in the 10th round. And then you have Cameron Brait as the number one tight end to Jeff Howell. LeGarrette Blunt is uh, Jen Ryan's running back four. So, I mean, you look at this draft, Dave. Let's just talk about Jen Ryan's draft. She starts off with four receivers out of her first five picks. Get Spencer Ware in the fourth, whatever. Able to get acquire Bill, Bilal Powell in the sixth. Able to acquire Adrian Peterson in the ninth and a guy who rushed for 18 touchdowns last year in the 10th round. Pretty good way to do it if you're going to start off your receiver or your draft with a lot of receivers. Yeah, I mean, Blunt's going to have a role for sure, although I might have actually gone with the player that went right after Blunt with Darren Sproles, actually. That was who I would have taken. You would have taken Sproles you, over Blunt there? Yeah, I would have. What are you doing all the time? You're looking over there and you're like... That's, that's the actual 
um, draft chat with all the drafters in there. Oh. So I'm reading what they're saying. Cause you need glasses because you're there to squint Look how away. tiny the font is on that. That's how I have That's to... because your computer, you're not using the real size screen. You're using some little you know, 50% I... view. Okay, crap. I guess I, yeah. I mean, because normally when I commission, that's how I have it because I want the whole thing. You're right. I'll blow it up here right now. <laughs> Just... But there is some interesting stuff going on uh, in, the, uh, in the chat when people are talking about their, Very well. their squads in there tonight. Uh, you, you're all surprised that James Conner goes in the 10th round tonight to Edgar Macias, a guy who did not draft Le'Veon Bell? I think so. I think that's a pretty early for a handcuff. But, I mean, I, and I've been making the case, by the way, his ADP uh, in FFPC DEs over the last week. You want to take a guess what round he's going in? 13. Uh, 18, 12. Wow. That's yeah. Great. So, so when does McFadden usually go? Because I think in the in – the, Blog Talk Radio chat, uh, there was, uh, I think it was Shane Hallam mentioned that uh, McFadden was the most surprising pick so far. Oh, yeah, 1601 for him. Yeah, so and this, me... and the, oh, I'm sorry to interrupt. This is over the last week when the whole suspension thing has, it's been well known. Yeah. Still so, is being selected. So well, I, think, you know, I think that's a little bit of just a, you know, for Edgar, he probably is not deep into drafting season like a lot of these players. He may not know the current ADPs of these guys, and that's fine. I mean, it doesn't really matter until the main events really roll around. Um, but it, he would have probably served himself a little bit better to know that and then waiting out on those two players. That is certainly a viable explanation. I, nice? I was very I, nice about it. I have nice? another explanation. Sometimes I can be nice. I have another explanation of what happened here tonight. Yeah. Edgar Macias is well-versed in ADP. He knows where these guys are going. But, he, <laughs> but you know what he's doing tonight, Dave? He's, he's tricking us? He's getting his guys. Oh, That's God. what he's doing. He's getting his guys. You're ruining the 300th episode with your getting your guys thing. I keep forgetting it's our 300th episode. It's so crazy to think about that we've been faking this now for six-plus years. I know. Should, and, we should actually do some training. Yeah. Uh, so let's get into this. <laughs> like, just uh, moving yeah. right on past that. Yeah. Um, I, any other picks that you wanted to talk about in the 10th round? I feel, I mean, James White, that's right around where he's going, but he's an interesting cap this year to, to be paying attention to. Charles Clay, I think, was a little bit early, but you and I, I think we both like Clay, right? I know I like him. You, you, you seem like you've talked a lot about uh, liking him this year mind. as well. Yeah, I, yeah I, I don't, he's not an exciting player, but he's actually pretty productive when he's healthy. Right, yeah. No, I, like the, I like all the quarterback value, like Cousins, Stafford, Seamus Winston, Dak Prescott. I mean, those are all good players in the 10th round. I really think that, you know, Matt Kelly, I, I like how his draft is turning out, but I, I think he should have taken a quarterback there. I think that taking Jacquez Rogers was a little bit of a reach. If he wanted him, he could have gotten him the 11th round, and now he's going to have to suffer at quarterback a little bit. And I also think that Jeff, you know, Jeff with Cameron Braid, he could have grabbed, well, I guess he still grabbed Rivers. No one went after him, so that, that's fine. But I don't know. I just think ignoring quarterback at this, at this point is a little bit, it can be challenging for you. Well, yeah, I mean, you, 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 can, you can only do it to a certain point in DE format. So I think that, you, you know. You do it to spite yourself after a while. Yeah. Uh, so let's get into the 11th round here. Jared Cook is the number two tight end taken uh, by Steve Loinger here tonight. Uh, he gets him at the 11.01. Giovanni Bernard, let's stop and talk a little bit about him. Mr. Healthy now. Uh, Mr. Healthy, yeah, exactly. The, the nickname that's going around Bengals training camp. <laughs> uh, one of the beat writers uh, wrote that Bernard not only looks great, for a running back who's coming off, who's eight months removed from an ACL tear, he just looks great for an NFL running back at this point. Great news for Giovanni Bernard Dynasty owners, of which I am one. That guy probably just graduated from like Ohio Northern University. It's his first week on the job. You know, these beat writers, I mean, this guy, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Bernard could be in great shape. He could look awesome. He could have looked great running in a straight line. Eight months off an ACL, it's really just going to, he's just not going to be there. I'm sorry. It's just not, I don't see a, have, has a running back ever come back after eight months off, eight, nine months and been awesome. 
Ever. Adrian Peterson? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, maybe if anybody's I, done it, it's been him, but I don't think his was eight months. Yeah, I think it takes a little bit longer. I mean, maybe by midseason, he's in pretty good shape. But you have to get comfortable with that part of your body again, from what I understand. But still, the value of a RB5 here. I think it's a great pick for yeah. Jen Ryan, because in a DE league, she, she doesn't even need to care. I mean, I think Giovanni Bernard, it's like, throw him out there and see what happens. Maybe he ends up having a bunch of 15, 20-point weeks near the end of the season, or even midway through. Philip Rivers, the selection right after that to uh, Jeff Howell is his number one quarterback. C.J. Fedorowicz, the second tight end drafted by Jeff Haverlack at the 11:04. Jonathan Williams, this is an interesting draft that Edgar Macias is putting together. As Jonathan Williams is his RB7 here in the 11th round. No tight end, one quarterback, three receivers, and uh, a truckload of running backs. Not sure, quite, I'm not quite sure what the strategy is, but I guess we're going to find out. Well, we'll find out. I mean, maybe it is just, you know, He's just. We're going to see a ton of yellow on his board with just receiver, 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 well, receiver. He's, he's supposed to hit. He's supposed to find a bunch of tight ends, and there's not many. He's left. he's doing the McCullough strategy. Just <laughs> I'll, you know, I'll draft. Uh, well, you know, Antonio Gates is still out there. Yeah, uh, Richard <laughs> Rogers in the 26. Good enough. That's tight end format. What a gimmick. Nobody cares. That's right. Uh, Tyra, a ton of quarterbacks right now. Uh, tight end run. So I was. I said it'd be in the tenth and eleventh round. Wasn't in the tenth round. Certainly happening in the eleventh round here with a ton of people getting their backups and one team getting his starter. Tyrod Taylor to Mike Taglier from Fantasy Pros. Andy Dalton to Steve Hutcherson. I feel like I'm saying a lot of good stuff about Steve Hutcherson's draft. I do like. Uh, I do like uh, Andy Dalton this year uh, as well. Me too. Derek Carr right after that as the backup quarterback. The highest paid quarterback in the NFL, is that right? Yes, and he's the backing up Aaron Rodgers on uh, football guys. Uh, like Alex Emilio and Austin Lee's team. Like the 17th or 18th drafted quarterback in fantasy. Something like that. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> uh, Eli Manning right after uh, – well, uh, hold on. Before I get into this, I think I kind of like Derek Carr this year. Like 18, Here's why. 18. I think people – are kind of over-projecting the Raiders as a potential force in the AFC. Okay? I don't believe that they're going to be... I think their defense isn't quite all that good. I don't believe that, yes. I don't believe that their team is going to be as successful as far as wins go this year. I don't think they're going to be running away with a ton of of games. Okay? Now, to that end, that kind of makes Derek Carr a value. Because remember, he was pretty good last year. And and they won... Didn't they win 11 games last year? I don't know the number, but I'm sure it was a good It was month. double digits for sure. Yeah. And uh, if – you know, defense wasn't all that good. Yeah, and if they do get involved in a few more shootouts this year, if they don't win some of those close games this year, if they're in a position where they need to play catch-up in the fourth quarter, Derek Carr is going to be the beneficiary of that. So I feel like he is being a little bit underdrafted right now, and not for, for the reasons you think. I think that he his team might take a step back, but he might statistically – Take a step forward. That's not, not a bad analysis. There's a whole lot of ifs in your ifs there. There's like five ifs. Yeah, but I was basically saying the same thing. <laughs> I was, this, this is my first take moment where I just repeat myself yeah, over was, and over again. Nice hot take. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Eli Manning, the pick right after Derek Carr. Uh, Carson Palmer, Matt Kelly from playerprofiler.com gets his starter. Uh, at quarterback here in the 11th, he's on the clock right now in the 12th. We'll have to see if he hits that position again. Kareem Hunt going at the uh, 11-11 tonight to uh, Larry Parks as his number four running back. And Marvin, Marvin Jones, the number four receiver drafted by Sigmund Bloom in the 11th. I feel like, Dave, if you look at pros versus Joe's drafts, not only this year but historically, the 10th and 11th rounds are chock full of quarterbacks and tight ends here as everybody is scrambling to get their number two. Some teams getting their number three here uh, at the tight end position. Yeah, I think I, I totally agree. that I think this is when you start to really grab the second and third guys that you really need to do you know, to make your team solid. 
I, I think and Matt Kelly, I, I, I like Matt Kelly a lot. I do think he should have taken a quarterback there. I think that not taking one, given where we're at, um, you know, he, he can attack it later. He might have to take Simeon and Lynch. He might have to, you know, have to really just go for it and, take, and try and conquer a position. But, you know, I like, actually, I like Anunu as a wide receiver. As you know, I bought him off you in Carrington. Bro. Oh, yes. I've been hearing uh, this song and so dance uh, every know, time that he know, gets chosen. Our, our one friend, Kurt, uh, he, he, texted, it was, he texted that Kaepernick last night got signed by the Jets. And I was actually going to, I was going to send you a, a thing about it, but it was actually from Fake Sports Center, so that, it, that he sent this out. Ah, like, that's oh, funny. Oh my goodness! So I was actually going to be like, a new one, Balky, a new one. Yeah. And uh, it turned out it was fake. Well, what's not fake is the fact that we have the Boobs Love Him franchise on the blower right now. This is Zach Jarrow. At least Zach Jarrow. This is the blower. You're starting to call it. Yeah, a that's blower what now. they called it back in, uh, you know, 90s? the golden age of the radio. Uh, the like radio. When right. I when I was on the air in the <laughs> 70s and 80s. All right. Uh, let's go to Zach Jarrow's, uh, the latest the star of the High Stakes Lowdown from Rovis.com. Zach, how's your draft going tonight, man? Excellent. I'm having a great time. Dizzle Balk, how are you guys doing? We are great. Yeah, definitely uh, having a ball tonight seeing this draft. Love seeing those early tight ends uh, go by uh, Matt Kelly and Sigmund Bloom to see how everybody reacted. Uh, what was what? Are you doing this draft with Shane, or are you doing it solo tonight? Shane's not on the phone, but uh, we are drafting together. I got him on hold while I call you, but we felt like we had a break. <laughs> I only got, you know, a couple minutes, so I got to bounce back over when we start getting a little closer. But uh, but I figured okay. I'd, I'd chime in and give you a couple of thoughts and see see what you guys might have to say. The, the tight end by uh, both Matt and Sig was was uh, was interesting. That's a good time. I, I love Sig's team, by the way. So you 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 let to talk about those tight ends just for a second. Did you and Shane change your draft strategy at all when you saw that happen, or did you kind of stick with the plan? We went in thinking we were taking Evans or Green. We were sort of eyeing Gronk or Kelsey on that swing, but it, it was a no-brainer for us that if Jordy was there, we were on Jordy like, like, uh, like Rambo. <laughs> Pulling the trigger like Rambo, which I, which I uh, certainly enjoy. Talk a little bit about uh, Derrick Henry because he's the backup for the Titans right now, but he is your number two running back. Are you at all concerned with how fast the running backs went off the board to get him as your number two, or do you expect big things for him this year? Uh, both. And everything you just said, you know, look, in these drafts, we all know you're going to be weak somewhere. I feel like we loaded up at wide receiver. I'm very, very pleased with the tight ends. Uh, Both of them, I thought, were tremendous value for us. Getting Kyle Rudolph where we did, I thought, was great. Uh, Jack Doyle, I thought, fell farther than he should. So uh, being very happy with Winston and Eli, being ecstatic about our wide receivers, loving our tight ends quite a bit, Look, you're going to be weak somewhere, and clearly on our team, it's running back. It's a long draft. We're not even halfway through. We're big on Montgomery. Uh, uh, and to answer your Derek, question, Derek Henry question directly, we're not, uh, we're not Murray guys. We're not DeMarco Murray guys. We're Henry guys. I think DeMarco could very well break down this year. And even if he doesn't, I think Derek Henry can be a solid RB2. Um, we got a little work to do still in that category, but we're also pleased with, with Doug Martin coming back in week four. And, and I don't care what I heard today out of camp, which is that he's going to have to earn that job when he comes back. That's just his coaches trying to motivate him. So, uh, so yeah, as far as Henry, mm, I like the value there. Uh, you know, we thought about him. We thought about Perkins. We thought about a few of these guys. But uh, I think Henry's got big upside, and I think that's what you need to do in a best ball draft, especially one like this 
and especially against the pros. Talk to us a little bit about what is obviously by far, by far, your best pick. In Tyreek Hill. Uh, we were very close to taking Tyreek Hill. We, we first mentioned Tyreek Hill or DeAndre in, at 3-9. DeAndre went. We decided that uh, we could probably wait on Hill, and we were thinking that Fig was probably going to lock, lock up two running backs. We did spend a couple minutes on Crow versus Montgomery. Took Montgomery. So the Alshon Hill decision for us was, was brutal. Uh, I think we ran out the clock on that discussion. So when Hill was there at 5'9", uh, yeah, you, you said it, Dave. I mean, that's, uh, that's, that's one of the better values in the draft probably. I think so, actually. Well, he's just saying it because... He, I do love Tyreek Hill, yeah. but I do think that was a really good value I, for 509. I, as an impartial fantasy analyst here, I can agree with Dave that I, I do like the Hill pick. I always like that... conquer? But Yes, that's... We don't have to get into that. <laughs> but you... Uh, you, you, I, I always love that when you're when you're racking your brain between two players, and yeah. then the other guy comes back to you in the next round. You're like, yes, uh, one of those great uh, moments in fantasy. Like it's like Christmas. You're exactly right. And yeah, again, these these drafts are about upside. It's best ball, and you want upside guys. I mean, you know, Alshon's an upside pick. I mean, the guy's always hurt. He's on a new offense. He's got a new quarterback, but. But Alshon is a he's a legit WR one man NFL standards I'm saying so you know upside Alshon upside Tyreek AJ and Jordy you know going on here oh we had a little pause okay. oh there is uh, just uh, a, yeah there there's a pause yeah uh, yeah sorry my Hold computer was making noises I'll, I'll mute it while I'm on with you um, but uh, but yeah no. It, it, Upside, 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 upside. That's what Tyreek's all about. I mean, we'll see what he can do as the number one wide receiver in an offense, but but uh, uh, you can't argue at 5'9". Uh, listen, Zach, I certainly appreciate you uh, taking the time to uh, to call in tonight and, uh, you know, give us the play-by-play of your picks here because uh, I always appreciate when, when high-stakes uh, players, you know, bring us behind the curtain. I think you and Shane did a great job on the Road of His podcast, the high-stakes lowdown this past week. A lot of great stuff on there. If you haven't downloaded it, check that out from uh, Zach and Shane. Zach, good luck the rest of the way, and good luck in the main event this year. I certainly uh, wish you the best. Thanks for calling in tonight, man. Very much appreciate it. It's always a pleasure listening to you guys, and uh, you have a good evening as well. We will talk again. Zach Jaros uh, from the Boobs Love Franchise, which, by the way, was uh, profiled in an ESPN the magazine story a few years ago. Uh, you can read uh, about them. And, and honestly, I don't, I don't want to. I want everybody to download the podcast. I want uh, everybody to listen to what the strategy they did, the research they put into this. Uh, but it was interesting, and I think that more Joes should take advantage of it because it certainly seems like it's paying dividends tonight. Uh, let's go back to the uh, phone lines here, Dave, and uh, take another call. And I'm just going to let this caller go. Is this we're, we're just going to go. We're, we're just going to go ahead. <laughs> welcome him back on the air, and uh, caller, why don't you just go ahead? Uh, stream of consciousness thoughts here. <laughs> totally screwed up, man. I just want to apologize to you personally. <laughs> I totally messed this up. Took Terrence West too early, and when I could have had Jonathan Stewart <laughs> rounds later, and I pro I, I was like, he's gonna kill me. Eric's gonna kill me that I'm not taking Jonathan Stewart here. But I, I was already loaded up on guys like Terrence West. Like I was just gonna puke if I took Jonathan Stewart there. So I only <laughs> didn't win one. 
But if I knew, I would, that, you know, if you knew it was going to be there, I would have taken a wide receiver at eight and then a running back the last pick. If I had only known Stewart would still be there. Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> I, I, I sympathize with you. I was a little surprised that Stewart did not end up on your team this draft, but I don't, I don't necessarily think you, quote-unquote, screwed it up as, as badly as you think uh, you did, given uh, the well, news coming out of Decker Baltimore. So I, over West in the eighth round, right? And then oh, I would right. rather have Stewart and Decker than West and Anunua. That's, how the, that's the best way I can compartmentalize it. We like the Anunua pick, though, man. I know you like the Anunua pick. I like all these picks. Of course I like all these picks. The last guy that was talking, he loved all these picks. Every pick he made was the best value in the whole draft. Of course. Everybody thinks that. But, I mean, Everyone I'm, likes their honest, baby. I'm not happy with what just happened. Letting Jonathan Stewart go <laughs> was, it was, like, heartbreaking. It was like we were on icebergs. And it was a rowboat, and I was, like, holding his hand, and I was like, I have to let you go, Jonathan. I've got a Nunway here in the boat. <laughs> and you can see him, like, turning purple. I've it got, was, it was, I felt so bad. He was your DiCaprio in I Titanic. Just, right. I, I know, can't let you go. I was like, oh, Stuart, i got to let you go. i got to upside. You, you know, Jonathan Stewart has upside, too. Draft. He has two touchdowns in any given game. It's very, you know, very easy to see with Jonathan Stewart this year. Hey man, oh, well. what about uh, what what I want to ask you? What about the quarterback position? Because I could be wrong here, but I think you are one of you only have one. Yeah, you are one of two teams with uh, one quarterback, and the other guy's uh, who has one quarterback, Edgar Macias, has uh, Drew Brees. You have Carson Palmer. Are you a little concerned here with uh, the quarterbacks going off the board in uh, round eleven? Well, I forgot it was best ball to be honest. Uh, so I'd really did. I, well, if you know. I'd known it was best ball I would have drafted a quarterback early now I have to get a quarterback it's a good thing I called in early and someone said someone said best ball I was like oh it's best ball I should get a more I need I need multiple quarterbacks damn it <laughs> you know what's interesting up. the last guy the, 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 there's still plenty of them left for you they, you know what they didn't even punish you not to not to keep bringing I'm up Tim McCullough's Bradford, name but he was the last guy there I mean god I, I'm on I'm on Bradford yeah. but who, who knows who knows there's probably someone that's uh, going to take two quarterbacks in a row or something. Well, we'll, we'll see oh, what happens. As we are... Oh, my God. No, there you go. Round I 13. Need Bradford here. Okay, oh, wow. Perfect. You're not going to watch this live, huh? You're going to watch me. I get, I get my yes. ass saved. Thank you, everyone, <laughs> in the pros versus Joe's draft room for allowing me to get Sam Bradford. Woo! Woo! Guys, it turns out, <laughs> even though I didn't even know the format, my team's still great. Eat it, everyone. Eat it, <laughs> pros and Joes. There's, there's the quote of the draft. Even though I didn't know the format, my team's still great. Tim McCullough, by the way, forgot it was best ball, too, and he won the whole thing. So we'll, we'll uh, hold out hope that uh, Matt Kelly from uh, playerprofiler.com can do uh, the same thing. Matt, I, uh, I, again, you didn't have to call again to apologize to us. You clearly know what you're doing here so much bad. more than Dave and I knew you were watching, and I wasn't taking Stewart, and it was such an obvious move at the time. I, just, I felt awful about it, Eric. We talked about Stewart when for like you, oh, 10 minutes. But we also yeah. talked about Palmer. Yeah. We talked a lot about Palmer, so I felt really good about that. I was like, oh, the, when I picked Palmer, I, said, I, I was thinking, oh, Eric's going to love this. Eric, watch me take Palmer. I think I said that out loud. Did, uh, it, well, I wish you would have been on the air for that one. That would have been great. Hey, Eric, watch yeah. this. 
Uh, something my three-year-old says Yolo. to me all the time. He calls me dad. Uh, Matt, uh, listen, I certainly appreciate you giving a, a buzz back tonight. Listen, if you if you have one rowboat and there's only an open seat and it's between Stuart and Anunwa, I'm keeping Anunwa in the boat as well. This makes a lot yeah, of we sense. We love for Anunwa. You. Oh, I also I also did more screwing of the rest of the draft room with the with the with the Witten pick. You have to love that. Yeah, absolutely. That's any anytime people are stacking three tight ends in the in the first nine rounds. Sign me up for covering that draft live because it's always going to be uh, compelling uh, radio to uh, to see what, how other drafters react to that. Yeah, I have a bunch of late round tight ends. I'm probably going to get five to six tight ends on this team, and just just watch for the late round tight ends that start flowing in. L R T E. It's going to be great, Matt man. Kelly. It's be great radio. Trust me. It, it will be it will be fantastic radio, Matt. That. Listen, thanks so. Thanks so much for calling back, Kim. We certainly appreciate it. I'm going to let you get back uh, to the draft here, but thanks again. And again, at Fantasy I would love to draft Mansion Cole Beasley, Twitter. by the way. Cole Beasley, another pick live on the air. I love it. To Matt Kelly, playerprofile.com. Oh, Check out Roto. Dominion have won another slot possession receiver that doesn't get enough respect. The ceiling's higher than people think. Dallas went from the easiest schedule to the hardest schedule. That means more passing. Cole Beasley, draft button. See you guys later. All right, man. Matt Kelly, again, take Dave, taking those short, lightweight receivers that get all those targets. Cole Beasley here in the uh, 14th round for Matt Kelly from playerprofiler.com. Anuma was too tall. Anuma was like 6'4". Well, I think Matt is, fit his team. Matt's betting on Anuma getting tight end eligibility. I think that's, <laughs> that's what the key is here with, uh, with Anuma. So let's not, uh, let's not uh, sell that short. So, okay, Matt Kelly from playerprofiler.com. Uh, always great to talk to him. Let's, I'm trying to think where we left off here, and I think it was round 12. So let's get back into it in round 12. And this will be the last round, Dave, that we'll do, and then we'll get into some uh, team-by-team analysis here. Jamal Charles to Sigmund Bloom as his number four running back. Uh, Austin Hooper, the number two tight end drafted by Larry Parks. Quincy Nunua, who we just heard to Matt Kelly. Adam Thielen, I almost called him Adrian. I don't know why. Uh, Adam Thielen, uh, right after that, to Zach Jarrows and Shane Gray. Mike Wallace and Jordan Matthews, two interesting picks there, back-to-back in round 12. Jonathan Stewart to Mike Taglier. And then uh, Antonio Gates, the number one tight end, drafted by Edgar Macias. We talked about them. Listen, I said he's doing the McCullough strategy. Don't worry about tight ends. Who does he grab? The only tight end that McCullough grabbed three years ago when he won the whole thing. Hall of Famer. Antonio Gates to Edgar Macias here in the 12th round is his number one tight end. Latavius Murray, the uh, pick after that to uh, Jeff Haverleck. Carson Wentz and Blake Bortles. Wentz to uh, Jeff Howell and then Blake Bortles to Jen Ryan as her backup quarterback. Rob Kelly finishes things off in round 12 to Steve Lowinger. How about we start off with Team 12 for team analysis and we'll work back. Does that work for you? Sure. What round would you take Blake Bortles in a GE? In a DE? Yeah. My answer, 24th round. Yeah, he, he wouldn't be available. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, you know, I'm but curious. it's uh, pretty late. Uh, I'm curious, his ADP is going to drop like a rock. Yeah, I mean, it was in this format, Dave, he was actually going, and now again, this is before he threw the five picks today, 1107 was his ADP. So he's in that Taylor, Dalton, Carr, Manning, Palmer uh, cluster that we see. And now he falls to the 12-11 tonight. So that's that's, uh, your, your Bortles update. (laughs) <laughs> he goes. He honestly goes undrafted in a lot of um, classic football guys, players' yeah, championship drafts. Sense. And it makes sense. Actually, um, I know uh, a lot of people have been targeting him in the 19th and 20th round, and honestly, it makes some sense uh, to see what he does. I'm sorry. Do you, do you mean to say had been targeting him? Had been targeting him. Yeah. That's what you mean to say. What did I say? Have been. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah, they have been targeting him. I haven't, listen, the other thing I don't is, want to get into the of English, but you were saying, no. I mean, that's, it was kind of a joke. Like, they have been targeting him, but now, this I, has happened. I, now it's, they had been targeting They had been targeting him. I thought I said had been. I, I'm probably wrong. Um, the thing I will say about Bortles, I didn't know about the five picks in practice until I got to the studio today and you told me about it. Yeah, yeah, I know. So I, I, and I haven't had, obviously, any conversations since then, since we went on the air anyway. So let's start off with Team 12 and, and work back. Does that work for you? Yeah, sure. Okay, great. Sigmund Bloom. Uh, let's talk about his team here. The running backs, Marshawn Lynch, Isaiah Kroll, Danny Woodhead, Jamal Charles. The uh, receivers, Martavis Bryant, Pierre Garçon, Deshaun Jackson, Marvin Jones, Rashad Perriman, Josh Doxson. Uh, tight ends, Rob Gronkowski, Travis Kelsey. And the quarterbacks are Cam Newton and Kirk Cousins. Dave, I really like the quarterbacks here. Uh, I thought he did a solid job at receiver for not taking one until round five. The tight ends are obviously the best in the league. And then you are at least the top two because he doesn't have a third one yet. And then you look at uh, what he did at running back. Maybe I'm not the biggest Lynch or Crowell guy in uh, in the world right now, but I like the Woodhead pick there. Uh, Jamal Charles, if he's able to um, carve out a role in Denver with Devontae Booker going down. I mean, that that it could pay off there, but I think if I had to put out one weakness right now, it's uh, running back because he's, he's, he's doing a good job getting some good depth at receiver here. Yeah, I, pr- I pretty much agree with your assessment. This is not the way I would ever draft the team. I just don't really have that. It's just not my style. I don't know the guts maybe that Sigmund did here. But he's done a nice job putting it together, and he definitely knows how to assemble a team. I'm not a big Lynch. I don't care for Lynch myself this year. I actually like Crowell more than you, Balky. Um, I think Woodhead was a nice pick. But, yeah, I agree with the rest of what you're saying. His tight ends are so fantastic, and his quarterbacks are really, really good too. That the you know, running backs and receivers, his receivers, he did well. Like you said, he spread them out. Yep. But these guys like Perriman, Doxson, Marvin Jones, you know, they all have big weeks. Right. And one of them could actually end up being pretty consistently solid. I think his team is really good, actually. Um, was it a mistake to ignore tight end after he drafted those first two, in your opinion? Because um, he's, he's not going to have the chance to draft his third tight end until round 15. Yeah, I guess we'll see kind of what he comes up with. But, yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying, but I don't, I don't necessarily think so. I mean, when you, take your, when you spend your first two picks, that's so much draft capital that you really can't – you have to hit the running backs. You have to hit the receivers. And the quarterbacks, I think he drafted them definitely in the exact right spot, the right. perfect spot. Cam right. Newton and Cousins, those are perfect picks there. Um, and then after that, I mean, I guess we'll see who he gets. I mean, there's got to be somebody he can take. The number uh, 2017 number eight quarterback finisher and the uh, number two finisher this year, uh, Cam Newton and Kirk Cousins there. So definitely good job there. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Balkman prognostications. Uh, let's move on to Larry Parks, FFPC Joe Team 11, the running backs, Devontae Freeman, C.J. Anderson, Paul Perkins, Kareem Hunt, the receivers, Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, Terrell Pryor, Brandon Marshall, the and Ted Ginn, the tight end, Zach Ertz, Austin Hooper, Evan Ingram, quarterbacks, Ben Roethlisberger, Matthew Stafford. I don't have a whole lot to say on this team, Dave. He's going to have to get a, um, a second running back to come through, but definitely got a lot of upside there. I like got their, three starters. Yeah, I, and I, three starters. Well, that's what I'm saying. You know, he needs Anderson, Perkins, and, and Hunt, like one of those guys to come through week in and week out. But I like the receivers. I think the tight ends are very good uh, in getting uh, one of my favorite guys, Hooper, and, and a higher upside guy in Ingram, even though he is a rookie. Uh, and the quarterbacks, Roethlisberger and Stafford. What's not to like? This is a good team. He drafted the team. The way he drafted this team is more similar to how I would draft where you take a running back early, some receivers, and then kind of take a tight end with some value and then wait on quarterback. Uh, I guess I'm not – the players in specifically that he drafted – are not guys I'm necessarily targeting, but I don't dislike the way that his team is put together. I think overall this could actually really – this team could win the league for sure. Yeah, definitely. I'd say it's tough to really pick on it. It's, it's good. It's really good all the way around. I actually – I think his running backs are a little bit better than you kind of rated him as. Uh, yeah, maybe. I just 
I, I guess maybe I'm, I know that there's upside among those running back, his second, third, fourth running backs. I'm just maybe seeing the downside too much. Uh, okay, so let's move on and talk about Matt Kelly's team. We don't By have to, far the best team. We, we, best, we, we don't have to spend a whole lot of time on this since we've talked about it a couple of times tonight, but let's talk about it. Melvin Gordon leads things off with the running back, followed by Theo Riddick, Terrence West, Jacquez Rogers, receivers T.Y. Hilton, Willie Sneed, Jamison Crowder, Quincy Inunua, Cole Beasley, tight ends Jimmy Graham, Tyler Eifert, Jason Witten, and quarterbacks Carson Palmer and Sam Bradford. So obviously he waited on quarterback. You kind of get what you pay for there, but I think he was, the fact that he's able to get Palmer and Bradford uh, had to be a win for him. And then you look at uh, the receivers. Uh, I think that we already talked about liking the Snead and Crowder picks. Uh, we like the Anunua pick. That makes a lot of sense there as well. And the fact that he has three tight ends in the first nine rounds, that helps him balance things out quite a bit as well. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Jimmy Graham and Eifer, I thought those were nice solid picks there. Receivers are really good, even though they're short and skinny. Got exactly except for Anunua. Except for the the behemoth of Nunoa. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think Palmer and Bradford, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I guess I think he could have grabbed Stafford or Cousins. What is that? The, no, he, actually, no, he couldn't have. He, but I think he, I really think he could have grabbed Jacquez Rogers in the 11th round, even if he was specifically targeting him, and getting Seamus or Dak Prescott over Palmer. Now, maybe he likes Palmer just as much or better, but to me, that, that's one area where I'm kind of picking a nits a little bit, but that's what I would have probably done a little differently. Team nine, Zach Jaros and Shane Gray. Just heard from uh, Zach and, uh, about his analysis on the team. Let's uh, talk about ours. Ty Montgomery, Derek Henry, Doug Martin, Alvin Kamara, Thomas Rawls at running back. Receiver, A.J. Green, Jordy Nelson, Alshon Jeffrey, Tyreek Hill, Adam Thielen. Uh, tight ends, Kyle Rudolph and Jack Doyle. Uh, the quarterbacks, Jameis Winston and Eli Manning. Like the, the quarterbacks, Dave, I think the running back depth is good, getting Kamara and Rawls in the 13th and 14th round. Uh, and then the receivers, very, very good. The fact that, uh, they, they, I mean, you could make the case that they ignored receiver. I think they were just filling in cracks. They get Thielen as their number five receiver in round 12. So I'm on board with that as well. But the question here for me is the tight ends, Rudolph and Doyle. I, I, uh, I'm worried about the depth there. Uh, I'm also worried about the output of those top two tight ends there as well. Actually, I actually like, like this team quite a bit, actually. When you have Tyreek Hill as your number four wide receiver, I feel pretty good about Montgomery. What a surprise. You love yeah. the Tyreek Hill team. Exactly. I think like, Kamara and Rawls as your numbers, you know, four and five running back. Running back is obviously the, the weak spot, in my opinion. I think, I think Doyle and Rudolph are okay. Um, but I, we'll see what happens. I, it's just too bad that Rodgers went so early that he couldn't, couldn't fix that with Doug Martin. But I think Henry's going to actually contribute, too. I don't know if he's going to be an RB2. I think RB2 is where they're going to be searching for points all year long. Alex Melio and Austin Lee picking from the eighth spot tonight. DeMarco Murray, Mark Ingram, Amir Abdullah, Duke Johnson, Joe Williams at running back. Receiver Mike Evans, DeAndre Hopkins, Kenny Britt, Mike Wallace at receiver. Uh, the tight ends, Delaney Walker, Charles Clay, and Dwayne Allen at, uh, at that position. And then Aaron Rodgers and Derek Carr as the quarterbacks thus far. Far. So you look at uh, this team right here. I like the running back depth here. This uh, it, it's good. I like the the tight ends and Walker and Clay and Dwayne Allen is your third. If Gronk gets hurt, whatever, then then you have a a guy who can perform or has or, or be, block have yeah, or block have the opportunity to catch some passes. And I love the quarterbacks as well. I am a little worried about the receiver. I'm not the biggest DeAndre Hopkins guy in the world. The fact that Kenny Britt is your number three. I do like Mike Wallace is your number four. I'm just worried about the depth there. So that's the problem position I have for Emilio and Lee. Yeah, I like the team overall, but I think wide receivers three and four and five and six. And that's where if you have any injuries whatsoever to your one and two guys, you're in deep trouble, really. And I think that's, that is what happens when you take Rodgers in the fourth round and Delaney Walker in the sixth. I feel like you can take one or the other. Right. And to take both in the first six or seven rounds is really challenging. And then to take 
four running backs in eight rounds, when you do that with quarterback and tight end, is it leaves you really short at wide receiver. So what happened to me, what you kind of have to do is, even if you see value, even if you look at Mark Ingram, you're like, I can't believe Ingram is there. Yeah. You still take Willie Sneed, Tyreek Hill, or Martavis Bryant, whoever you have ranked highest, just because you kind of have to do that. If you're going to take Rodgers, then you're going to take Walker. And maybe they didn't realize that they were going to be able to get Amir Abdullah and Duke Johnson, but had they had the opportunity to do it over again, you get one of those receivers there. You still get Amir Abdullah as your number two, and Duke Johnson as your three. Sign me up. That yeah, makes sense. Absolutely. Uh, hindsight, they say, Dave, 20, yeah, is always 20. Yeah, and the thing is, we do have the benefit of looking at the entire draft board. They're looking at it like as it's slowly dropping down. Right, yep. That's like totally true draining. Well. Steve Hutcherson, uh, Team 7 tonight, LaShawn McCoy, Jay Ajayi, Christian McCaffrey, C.J. Procise, Shane Vereen at running back. The receivers, Sammy Watkins, Michael Crabtree, Kelvin Benjamin, Jordan Matthews, Corey Coleman. The tight ends, Hunter Henry, Julius Thomas, A.J. Derby, and the quarterbacks, Marcus Mariota and Andy Dalton. Dave, as this team was developing tonight, I didn't think I would like it. Reading it back now, I think I do like it. I did too, actually. It's kind of, it, it, I like, again, they take Henry in the sixth and they take Mariota in the ninth, so it allows them to have this positional depth at running back and at receiver, you know, McCoy, Ajayi, and McCaffrey, those are really great running backs. And they still got Sammy Watt, Crabtree, and Benjamin. I always rip on him for being fat, but, I mean, he could actually really produce. And Matthews and Coleman, at those prices, that's so cheap. Yep. They both have some upside. Totally. And even the Vereen pick in the 14th, I think that was a nice pick, too. And my guy, A.J. Derby, in the 15th. You know I love that as your number three tight end. So kudos to you, Steve Hutcherson. That was uh, a good job by you tonight. Uh, Mike Tagliere from Fantasy Pros. We talked about this team uh, briefly, so I'll, I'll try not to repeat myself too much, but the running backs are Todd Gurley, Carlos Hyde, James White, Jonathan Stewart, Jamal Williams, and Deion Lewis. The receivers, Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, Jeremy Macklin, John Brown, tight ends, Jordan Reed, Martellus Bennett, and uh, quarterbacks, Andrew Luck, Tyrod Taylor, and Brian Hoyer so far. So, Dave, this is the, the we, we saw Mike Tagliere take a lot of risk. If it does pay off, his team will be in very good shape. Uh, but certainly uh, he's going to need some guys to stay healthy. He's going to need some guys to hang on to some roles this year. I'm a little worried about the receiver depth uh, with John Brown being the last receiver he's taken uh, since round nine. That is his number four. Uh, the running backs, I, I thought he did a good job adding a lot of depth there as well. And I'm fine with Reed and Bennett. Uh, I would have liked to see another tight end maybe instead of Brian Hoyer there. But uh, picking at nits a little bit, this is a, a decent team if it can hold itself together. Yeah, Actually, it's a great team if it can hold itself together. But the running backs are where he really – I mean, he needs Gurley and Hyde to really produce. And unfortunately, in the 13th round, he takes the – in my opinion, he takes the wrong Williams. He takes Jamal Williams instead of Joe Williams who goes two picks later. So you could have locked up the 49ers running game and said you take, you know, I know that it's trendy nowadays. This is a trendy thing. Don't take handcuffs. In a DE, I think it's actually pretty smart to take a handcuff. And I thought the luck pick, though, that was a fantastic pick in the eighth round. I thought that was a really good deal for him, although I thought Bennett was a reach in the sixth. So, I mean, uh, again, I'll reiterate, I think that this is a team that can do some damage. It just has to have a couple of breaks go its way to do so. Edgar Macias, right after that, Jordan Howard, Eddie Lacy, Mike Gillisley, Matt Forte, Darren McFadden, James Conner, Jonathan Williams at running back, the receivers Julio Jones, Keenan Allen, Julian Edelman, Kenny Stills, Tight ends, Antonio Gates and Zach Miller. Quarterbacks, Drew Brees and Mike Glennon. Not the way I would have drafted this team. He, he had a glut of running backs from round six to round 11, Dave. We'll have to see how that pans out. He might be starting four running backs uh, most weeks. Uh, Kenny Stills is the number four. I'm worried about the receiver depth there. Not a big fan of waiting until round 12 to grab your first tight end in, in Gates. Uh, Brees is going to cover up a lot of uh, mistakes on this team, uh, but uh, not one of my favorites tonight, although it does have potential. 
know, the first seven or eight rounds actually were fantastic. And then I think that's when the wheels came off. He just doesn't, didn't have the ADP data. He just wasn't aware of what was going on after that. And, that, and then his tight ends are just, I mean, they're, frankly, they're terrible. I mean, they're just not good. I mean, if, if Gates is actually going to get enough targets, then he has a shot. I, I hope, you know, Henry had some injury issues, oddly enough. When people talk about all these other guys. Henry had some injury issues himself last year. If that happens, Gates could actually do something, and that's what he really needs. He needs a little bit of luck. Hey, listen, Antonio Gates came through for Tim McCullough a few years ago. We'll see if he yeah, does if it again. If you mention Tim McCullough again, I'm going to slap you. Oh, I'll be mentioning Stop him mentioning McCullough. Like, on Tuesday night. I feel night. like you're getting paid to talk about him. Hey, he's, what he's done in this format for this competition, unprecedented. He's the number one ranked <laughs> pros versus Joe's player <laughs> like, of all time. Yeah, pros versus Joe's Hall of Fame, Tim McCullough. Yeah. And not, in, not inducted, he's indicted. I'm going to indict him into the Hall of Fame. Pros versus Joe's Hall of Fame, members, Tim McCullough. Period. Crickets. Exactly. Yeah. All right, Play, so, Bill moving on, uh, Jeff Haralek, Team Four tonight from DynastyLeagueFootball.com. Ezekiel Elliott, Lamar Miller, Frank Gore, Latavius Murray. Receivers, Amari Cooper, Allen Robinson, Devontae Parker, Cameron Meredith, Corey Davis, Tavon Austin. Re- uh, excuse me, tight ends, Eric Ebron, C.J. Fedorowicz, uh, quarterbacks, Tom Brady, and Dak Prescott. This is uh, a team that I can get on board with. I like the receiver depth. Uh, the fact that he has already one, two, what is it, six? Six receivers on this team through 15 rounds. You have uh, two capable quarterbacks. Uh, the tight ends, I mean, if Ebron breaks out, this, they should be okay. I would have liked to see another one on this, but listen, I'm, I'm picking at nits here. I did take the Denver defense uh, in the 14th round. Nice. Not, well, okay, <laughs> maybe, maybe it works. Just nice as a challenge. Not, uh, not the way I, I would have run it. And then, uh, you know, the, the, the running backs, I, I, I'm fine with. You, Elliott, Miller, Gore, Murray I'm not a huge fan of, but if he gets two of those guys to uh, – to uh, pan out. Uh, this will be another team that's going to be in the thick of it until the end. Yeah, I like this team, actually. Allen Robinson, I, I'm not sure what's going to happen with Bortles. So that was, that was a, a kind of a little bit right. of a questionable pick for me. But I, this is kind of a thoughtful team is what I look at it as. He went balanced back and forth at running back and receiver the whole way through. Took Brady. That was solid. Ebron, when Ebron, he got him at the end of that run, but actually I think Ebron was the last one to go that was actually solid. I think Fleener was a little bit of a reach that Jen Ryan took him at the two spot. And then after that, I mean, this is kind of getting away from the team analysis, but there was like a good like 30 picks between Ebron and then there's Fleener in the middle and then Jack Doyle and Witten. So that Ebron was the last one around. So I thought that really helped him out. I thought the Gore pick was nice. Meredith was a nice pick as well. Dak Prescott was a nice pick. There's like a lot of really good picks, mid middle part of this draft and later. Jeff Howell, who you heard on the High Stakes Fantasy Footballer a couple of weeks ago. Let's look at his team from the three spot tonight. Le'Veon Bell, Leonard Fournette, Joe Mixon, Tevin Coleman are the running backs. The receivers are Brandon Cook, Stephon Diggs, Dante Moncrief, Eric Decker, and Tyrell Williams. Tight ends, Cameron Brait, O.J. Howard, David Njoku, Austin Safarian Jenkins, quarterbacks, Phillip Rivers, and Carson Wentz. Dave, I'm going to tell you this. I was worried about this team. Me too, after, big time. After round nine, only running backs and receivers – did a great job, in my opinion. Absolutely. Did a great job patching up the holes at tight end. I'm totally fine with the tight ends there. I think that actually might be a strength for him this season. Well, that's going a little far. Well, maybe. Well, I'm, I'm a habitual line stepper, Dave. And, well, you know, uh, for him, Jenks is a habitual drinker, so I think we've got a problem. Yeah, he's that. kicked it. He's kicked it. He's good. He's recovering. Yeah, exactly. Um, so then you... Uh, I mean, probably lost a little 30-day coin. Even if it's not a strength... <laughs> It's a good tight end core. The 30-day coin fell out of his pocket into the sewer. For what he did there, uh, I'm, family, I'm, I'm good with the running backs, good with the uh, receivers. Solid team. I, I really I, I don't have a, a whole lot of complaints here. Uh, yeah, I thought his tight ends were going to be terrible, but Bray with Howard I thought was great. Yep. ASJ, as much as we're fun on the drinking, I think there's some upside there. 
And Joku, I don't expect a whole lot out of him, but I mean, you never know. He'd do something possibly as a rookie. You'd never know. Uh, because he waited so long on tight end, I mean, the rest of his team is really stacked at running back and receiver, so those picks are great. Uh, and, and quarterback's fine. You know, Phillip Rivers and Wentz. Team two, Jen Ryan from Football Diehard. Spencer Ware, Bilal Powell, Adrian Peterson, LeGarrette Blunt, Giovanni Bernard at running back. Antonio Brown, Des Bryant, Doug Baldwin, Golden Tate, Rashard Matthews at receiver, tight end. Kobe Fleener, Ben Watson, Vernon Davis, quarterbacks Russell Wilson, Blake Bortles, and Alex Smith. Dave, I love the receivers on this team, even though they're not super deep. Remember this format, you only have to start two of them a week. Uh, I, I, we already talked about what a good job she did at running back, filling in those holes. And uh, I'm not a huge, this, I know this is going to sound crazy. Well, uh, I'm, not a huge, I'm, not a, I'm not a huge Fleener guy this year. Oh, uh, yeah. Can we play that back, Rob? Uh, All right, do it another time. I'm not a huge fan of Fleener this year. <laughs> so you have uh, Fleener, Ben Watson, and Vernon Davis. If Reed, if this turns into a big injury uh, problem with Jordan Reed, we saw Vernon Davis was able to do in that situation last year, and it was a lot. So uh, if that if that falls that way, a 16th round pick, that's really good. The tight end is what I worry about on this team. The rest of it is fine. Yeah, I mean Fleener is the big concern. Fleener, Watson, Davis, they got to come through. Receivers are fantastic, as we know, and running backs are pretty good too. Actually, like we said about Peterson, that's a great pick. I don't like the Bortles pick. Sorry, I'm gonna, you know, I think Alex Smith is better than Bortles. And uh, even though it's, I don't want to overreact over five interceptions, but I mean, when you just were terrible, terrible, terrible last year, and you have a, a day like that, the team's really got to be looking to do something else. I ju- I think the Jacksonville ADP is going to be interesting to watch over the next couple of weeks. You know, we didn't really talk about for, uh, what it, what happens with Fournette. I think that really impacts Fournette. I mean. If the whole offense is a train wreck because you have Bortles starting, if that's a possibility, even if it's like a 30% possibility, that means you have a 30% possibility that Fournette's going to be running into an eight-man brick wall all year long. Yeah. I, and, and you're taking him early. You're taking him in the second round when you can get Cook, Mixon, or McCaffrey for super cheap comparatively. And that was Jeff Howell, not Jen Ryan, who, who took Fournette. I know, I'm just saying. I'm just pointing that out for the list. Exactly, yeah. It was, it was not her. Okay. Uh, final team we'll look at tonight, Steve Lowinger drafting from the number one spot. I hated the one pick. That was bad. The, who would you have taken? I'm just kidding. Okay. I'm just I'm curious where that was headed. Uh, David Johnson. Tyreek Hill, how is he not the 101 pick tonight? It's just absolutely insane. He won't be the 101 pick till next year, Balky. Don't be stupid. All right. David, <laughs> David Johnson, Dalvin Cook, Samaji Pirine, Darren Sproles, Rob Kelly. Skinny Rob Kelly in the 12th round, and then Tim Hightower. Nice. Receivers, yeah, now you like them. Receivers, Demarius. I like him with Pete Ryan. Uh, Demarius Thomas, Larry Fitzgerald, Emmanuel Sanders, Randall Cobb, Robert Woods, uh, tight end, Greg Olson, Jared Cook, Jesse James, and the quarterbacks, Matt Ryan, Ryan Tannehill, Deshaun Watson. I like this team. This is another good one. Uh, the fact that uh, he was able to, I'm not the biggest Jared Cook fan in the world, but we have Jesse James, your number three, uh, sign me up for that. The fact that he already had four receivers after round seven, despite not drafting one until round three, to fill in those holes right there, I like that. And uh, the running backs, if, if Dalvin Cook comes through, this could be a potentially dominant team uh, because we, we do foresee a big season from David Johnson. Obviously, when you have the 101, it's, it's certainly an advantage for a lot, or a lot of drafters out there would say it's a, it's a huge advantage. And uh, you look at how he built this team around it, it makes a lot of sense. I, I think he came through with a good team today. Well, if you just released draft spots, it is a, there's no advantage to 101 at all, you what are you talking about? I said the a lot of drafters. Pick, the 12th pick is better than the one pick, in my opinion. Well, there's, there's certain people. The pe- lower the pick, the better ball. There's a lot of people out there that will also say, like, look, I don't want to draft in the front end this year. Give me the value that falls at the end. So Let me ask you a question. Can you look up Randall Cobb's ADP? Uh, to me, it's Yes, I can, Dave. 701 seemed early to me for Cobb. And, it uh, seemed early to me, too, as well. I don't well. know if that's necessarily correct, but I would have probably taken somebody else there instead of Cobb. That's my only thing I'm like, just kind of saying. I didn't like the P. Ryan pick, but since he did take skinny Rob Kelly, yeah. 
I liked I like it a lot actually. The nine oh four is what Randall. So yeah, so that was a good two rounds really. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't really sure exactly where he was going, but that did seem really and it definitely was. So that's the only thing I'm saying that that's the only pick that really stood out to me as not the best, but the rest of the team fantastic. Steve Lowinger is a guy who gets his guys. And uh, clearly that's what he did with Randall Cobb tonight. So congratulations uh, on getting your guys. Uh, and that is going to do it. We are going to cut, cut it a bit short tonight. Why? Because uh, Game of Thrones is nah, I may or may not have a rookie draft starting in a couple of minutes here that I need to get to. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I almost forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, so uh, I want to thank uh, all the callers uh, tonight, Steve Lowinger, Matt Kelly, Zach Jaros, uh, for calling in. Uh, you can always hear us every Friday, High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, as well as blogtalkradio.com slash HSFF. Uh, you can hear us on the uh, Fantasy Sports Radio Network Saturday. Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Times. Terrestrial radio stations all over North America, iTunes, YouTube, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, Spreaker, Overcast, all available there. Darren Armani, FFPC, producer mutual friend Rob, audio engineer Bryce, all of our listeners, thank you, thank you, thank you for another great broadcast. Thank you for 300 great episodes uh, as we wrap up episode number 300 tonight. Uh, Pretty awesome stuff uh, that you guys have uh, allowed us to do this show for this long. And uh, also that Dave and I haven't killed each other yet. So that's always good uh, to report as You're well. You're the best, Walt. We will be back. I'm so blessed to be working we, with you. Yes, I'm sure, I'm sure uh, you mean that. Uh, we will be back tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen, uh, for Pros versus Joe's draft number five. It is the I Am the Danger League. So that will be drafting tomorrow, an hour later, 9, 8 central. Uh, pros feature, or, or the pros that are featured tomorrow, Jacob Rip, Rick Road from Rotoviz, Matt Schauf. Oh, he's a hack. Uh, from Dress Sharks. He Br- is, too. Brandon Marianne Lee from Her Fantasy Football. All Shane- these substitute uh, uh, you know, broadcasters that suck. Shane Hallam from Draft TV. I Mike- can't carry my jock ball. Michael Goins, Dynasty Fantasy Football Factory. Rumford Johnny from Draft Day Consultants. Uh, Don Lacknett, Joseph Lally, Dennis Young, Paul Schmidt, Chris Carlson, Mark Harrelson, and Nelson Verbit will all pick up the studs. Joes. The yeah. Joes are stuck. It will be fun uh, to so do that better. draft at 9, 8 central. We are going to cut this uh, feed short here. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, but you can check the FFPC High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour FFPC message boards tomorrow for the full draft boards. They will be posted there as well. I want to remind everybody, if you have not made your Planet Hollywood registrations uh, for our live events in September, go to myffpc.com for more information. Of course, you can always uh, uh, give uh, Greg Doris a call uh, at uh, 855-VIP-HOST-LVCH-777 at AOL.com to book your great deal. Check it out. Uh, we'll be back 9, 8 Central tomorrow. Main event, football guys, satellites, fastballs, dynasty, and the football guys players championship. All available at myffpc.com. Drafts going on tonight. Sign up. Fill up those spots. Get those drafts off, and it will be a lot of fun. We'll have a lot of fun tomorrow. Your week officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. Tim again, the sound that engine in is like a bird. You see fireworks and Corvette tire skirt, the boulevard. I know how you work, I know just who you are. See, use a, use a, use a bitch, you almost probably switch inside your DNA. All right, final chance, 106 pick tonight in Dynasty. John Ross or O.J. Howard? Howard, I don't like Ross that much. It's not even a question for you? I don't know. I mean, Two I, said Ross. I like O.J. Howard a lot. I think he's going to be a super elite stud tight end. I don't think Ross is going to be. What is he? He's like the number two on his own team. He's not even like uh, – he's fast. Congratulations. You have Will Fuller number two. All right. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. By the way, Meyer owns Will Fuller. We're going to suck with him. He sucks. There you have it.
ladies and gentlemen. The uh, pick tonight will be, of course, John Ross. 